It's time to turn up the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve in the world of horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't explain it, but I love these horrifying flicks. If you made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you mix zombies, indigenous people, and blowjobs? Why, you get Blood Quantum. and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. And boy, do we have a doozy for you this week. So normally, you know, I try to say it when I can. I'm going to say this right away before I even get into anything on this podcast. If you have Shudder and have not seen this movie, please go watch this movie. Because there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot of really beautiful shots in this movie. And I honestly don't want to ruin this for you if you haven't seen it yet and you really wanted to see it if you're on the fence or don't have the ability or you're just like some of the people that i know and will just choose to watch it feel free continue on because we all know that this is going to be spoilerific but i really want to make sure that the people that really do that they've been wanting to see this haven't seen it yet please do yourself a favor if you do have shutter please go watch it at least here in the u.s i can't say shutter outside of the u.s i don't know where this would be um it's a canadian film so i'm pretty sure there's going to be some type of streaming platform that has it uh but here in the states of course it's going to be shutter right that's where you're going to get it it's exclusive um and it's definitely you know a movie i think that you need to see before you listen to the podcast so now that that's out of the way let's go ahead and start talking about blood quantum now there really isn't a hey, this is my experience with this because uh, what you're going to listen to is my experience with this episode, uh, or with this movie, I guess I should say. And man, it's it's an interesting ride. I will tell you that. Um, I didn't know what I was going to get into. Now, from the trailers that you see, you know, you can get the basic, you know, synopsis of the film where it's going to be about, you know, a zombie infestation that has now broken out. And you don't know if this is worldwide or this is only in the area that they're in, but it happens to be, you know, in an area where there is an Indian reservation uh, or reservation, I guess you should say. I don't really know what I should say. And I'm going to be really honest here, okay? So this is taking me a long time to record this section, and I don't know why. Um, and it has to do with the nomenclature that I know that I'm going to use, and I really don't feel like offending anybody in this episode. And I know I've probably done it a bunch of times, and I'm probably going to do it here regardless, but I'm just going to give you the warning right now. 
I'm not always going to use the right nomenclature when I'm talking about Native Americans or indigenous people or Indians or however you want to say it. I'm not going to be like, I don't use like racial slurs or anything like that. It's not that case. But some people just like, you know, in uh, when you talk about little people, they don't like to hear the word midget or dwarf or whatever they're, you know, they prefer to be called. Um, and for me, saying midget is just... Like, that's how I grew up. And saying Indian is how I grew up. Um, so, I'm just saying this now, and it's not about, like, trying to be PC or trying to make everybody fucking happy or anything like that. This is something that I'm always conscious about, and I just, I really don't want to, like, I want people to have fun with the podcast, and I don't want it to be because, you know, I said Indian instead of indigenous person all the time. You know, I... You, you guys will know the way that I talk, and I'm going to try, but sometimes things might slip. And it's in the dialogue, too, of the movie, so I'm not saying that I'm out of the clear. Uh, you know, it's just that this is how I grew up. This is how I talk. Um, I've said a lot worse things uh, here in certain things in making jokes or whatnot. Um, so, fuck it. Let's just continue. I'm going to leave it at fucking that. And if you really have a problem, you can tell me about it. Uh, you know... I'm pretty sure there's going to be somebody out there that's like, you know, why didn't you just not do it and just go forward? No, I want to give a disclaimer. And it's not even, I feel like it's not that bad, but I feel that there are people that believe it's that bad to them. You know, so uh, again, you know, it's not to fuck with anybody, but it's just me. And if you've been listening for this long, you know, it's just fucking me. And Again, it's weird that I feel worried about that, and I know I'm taking like two minutes of this to talk about this. And believe me, I've re-recorded this like seven fucking times because I don't know exactly why I feel this way. But I feel like, you know, I have to tread a little lightly when it comes to this for some reason, even though I probably shouldn't. And the people that are listening, they're going to, you know, you either enjoy the episode or you hate that episode. It's up to you, right? So, like I said, fuck it. We're just going to continue. So... Long story short, <laughs> um, this was brought up, this movie itself was brought up by a listener. Now, I knew about this movie. I knew it existed. And that's primarily because, uh, you know, Alex over at Beyond the Void, he did a video review of it, uh, which you should go to YouTube and you should watch that, even though he told me to fuck off in the last episode. But that's just here nor there. Um, but yeah, go, you should really go and check out like his video reviews to be completely honest. I know this is like not plug time again, but I, they're really good. And, um, as well as the podcast, I fucking love that podcast. And they, uh, well, he, he has a really good mindset on the movie and usually we think alike. So in some regards, uh, and so I was really excited to go check it out. And then it kind of just like, honestly, it lost me because, I got so entrenched and like, oh, I need to do the Mortal Kombat movies. What am I going to do next? And then listener uh, and contest winner, uh, Mr. Captain Dr. Nuts, uh, out there on Twitter. I hope I did that right this time. I always seem to fuck that up, too. Uh, he tagged me in, in a tweet basically saying, hey, I want to see what some of your friends think about this. And it got me thinking last week. I'm like, wait, didn't I get fucking tagged in something? Uh, or last episode, I should say. And I was like, you know what? What the hell? I wanted to watch it. It's a fresh fucking movie. I've just spent a lot of time doing non-horror movies stuck in the fucking 90s. Having to look at fucking, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Christopher Lambert, and whoever the fuck was in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay, 
let's do a horror movie. Here I am. And, you know, this is the perfect movie to do, I think, as a comeback. One, it's really recent. I mean, it was released in 2019, but here in the States, pretty much just got released in 2020 on Shudder. And, you know, it's kind of up my alley. You know, it's gory zombie movie. Though it, you know, the twist is the whole thing with, you know, the indigenous people that are, you know, immune to the whole virus thing. So, trailer looked really cool. Uh, good recommendation uh, based upon, you know, the video review from, you know, Beyond the Void. And um, there's a listener that wants an opinion on it. So, here we are. That's really my experience with this movie. Otherwise, I know nothing about this film. Don't know who stars in it, why it was made, what the whole purpose of the title is. Um, so there's a couple things. Well, there's one major thing I think I want to talk about before we even start. Because it's not something that you normally see. One, um, you know, this is basically filmed by, an you know, a Native American director that, uh, you know, saw a couple of pieces of uh, well, one major documentary, and I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Again, I'm not one to do a ton of research, uh, but he basically, if I remember right from what he said, was that he does, you know, he realized based upon that documentary uh, what film can do for activism, right? And so that's why he's kind of jumped into the world of film, and that's why he's focused on, like, Native American film. Uh, this is also based on something that happened in the 80s up in the same area uh, between the indigenous people in the area and the white border town that was right across the way, and kind of what exactly happened to them in different ways, right? A little more of, like, annexing, and um, I'm sure there's a lot more, and and... I'm not one to go into a bunch of lore about like that or history, you'd say. But if you go out there and you read it, it is really interesting. Now, there's really nothing in terms of information on it. And a little hint to you guys on the back end. I like to throw up Wikipedia somewhere with a synopsis of the movie in case I get lost to know where the fuck I am in this movie uh, or any movie. And there really isn't anything out there. It is rare to find anything other than movie reviews that talk about it Um and they really don't go a whole lot in depth into, like, story structure or what happens in it and stuff like that. Nor a whole lot about some of the notes. There is some stuff out there, and you can get a little understanding. But it's still, you know, if you read a lot of the reviews out there, they'll go way more in depth than what I'm going into here. The second thing that you have to know while watching this movie, and it's something that I had to stop and read because I'm like, I know what that is. I know what, but I don't know exactly, right? And what blood quantum laws are basically blood quantum laws basically state here in the united states that if you are at least 51 percent of a native tribe you are considered to be an indigenous person here in the states right and so that's what he's kind of building off as well and that's what the plan the, the title is because you know what happens in the movie and i don't want to ruin it right out of the gate i almost did but something that happens and that you learn about relatively quick is, uh, you know, a big thing for the end of the movie. You know, it's a big worry towards the end of the movie. And it's very interesting that they put that specific in the title for what's going on and as a representation of what is kind of happening in the film in general. 
So just kind of keep that in mind as we continue to talk about the film and as we go through some of the scenes in the movie. So with all that being said, let's just go ahead and after me ranting and doing everything else for 12 fucking minutes, I get it, I know it, I'm bad at not fucking stopping and just continuing on, just like I'm doing right now, but uh, let's go ahead and begin Blood Quantum. So it starts with a proverb at the beginning of the movie, and it says... Take thee heed to thyself, that thou make no treaty with the inhabitants of the land, for when they whore themselves to their demons and sacrifice to them, you will eat their sacrifices. And when you choose some of their daughters for your sons, they will lead your sons to do the same. So there's a couple of things, I guess, that you could take from the use of this at the beginning of the film, and it matters if it's going to be one way or the other. Now, I don't know exactly who said this, like, proverb or whatever statement or however you want to say it. Um, was it the white man speaking about the indigenous man? Um, was it about the native man speaking about the coming in, you know, sailors that are going to come to the land? Which one is it? Now, I kind of take it as more of the first rather than the second. But in the way that the film kind of works out, I think it's a little more of the second rather than the first. Like, basically saying, you know, it's kind of a weird thing and a weird statement saying, like, don't mix, right? In a, in a way, in a very weird way. That, you know, if you take them and they're very savage and they're just, you know, they're not your normal people or they're not like you... There's a possibility that when they do their savage ways and they take your savage, um, you know, <laughs> they take your savage. When you take their savage is what I mean to say. When you take like their savage daughters to mate with your sons, then they're going to run off into you and they're going to poison the well. And this can be honestly taken either way, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. It is just that, you know, either... You guys should make sure that you guys, because you know you guys are clean, and if you mix with the other side, then whatever flaws are going to become your flaws, and vice versa. So, it's interesting to start it with something like this, especially as we know how the movie is going to progress. From here, we see one of our characters, not necessarily our main characters, but this is the grandfather, and the grandfather is busy fishing out on a lake. We see uh, the reservation, and he's catching a bunch of fish, and then one of the... <laughs> Gross things in the movies, we watch him gut the fish. Now, I'm pretty sure that that's not a real fish that he's gutting, especially with what happens, but it's still a little insightful. I'm not used to watching that on screen. I don't know why. Maybe it was just the time of night. Maybe it was the fact that I was trying to finish something to eat, and I really didn't need to see that at that specific time. Or maybe it's just because I don't fucking fish, I'm a fucking pansy, and I don't hunt off the land. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's probably number two, but I'm going to say it's number one, just so they don't seem like that much of a pussy, because people exactly know, you know, you can't always watch bloody movies when you're eating like a hot dog or something like that. Especially when we think about one of the scenes later in the movie, <laughs> don't be thinking about eating a fucking hot dog at the same time. Uh, but I digress from that. Uh, so he catches a bunch of fish. He guts all the fish. And then while he's on the table, after he's thrown a couple in the cooler, one starts flapping its fin. And it just starts bouncing all over the place. It's slapping in the table. It's slapping the base. It's doing all the stuff that a dead fish shouldn't be doing. And then he freaks the fuck out. And we cut away. And we're introduced to a trailer for the very first time. And 
Trailer is kind of an interesting character, especially an interesting name. When you think about what he is and how they talk about things in the town, you don't know whether or not you're talking about the people or you're specifically talking about what I assume is he's like the chief of police for the, the you know, Indian side of the world, right? Because everything is separated by a bridge. You have one bridge that takes you over to the townies, or basically the white people, and then the other side that takes you over to the indigenous people, um, and he, was, he has to patrol both sides, but he sounds like he's primarily, like, concerned, or his jurisdiction is primarily over on the Indian side of things. So, he goes up to a farm where there was this one guy that... I, you know, I heard so many different names, and, and I'm not going to be able to remember them always, except for hopefully the main fucking characters, which I made sure to write down this time, so I didn't fucking forget, except for White Girl. Um, but we're going to call him uh, Fat Guy Number One. So, Fat Guy Number One, because Fat Guy Number One comes back, and I might have a better name for him later on as we talk about him. But he's basically up there at the farm, and the ex of... So, there's so many confusing things. There's like a backstory that I want to know that we never really get explained, okay? When we get introduced to Josh, which is going to come next, that's not Josh, that's Joss. Um, I don't know what the relationship between her and Trailer are other than the fact that they have a son together. That's it. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, they fucked up and he went on to have another son. I, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But there's all this, like, confusing-ass fucking backstory that never shows its fucking face in the movie. And that part does kind of piss me off. Like, I really want to fucking know. Like, tell me everything that fucking happened. Don't just start to do this stuff. I know it's to create some sort of, like, weird tension or, like, feeling between the two or whatever. However you want to do it. Uh, but it, I just, I just want to fucking know. Like, be a little more, like, forward with it. That's all I fucking ask. But, you know, and maybe I missed it, and that's my fucking fault. Like I said, uh, there's nothing to, like, you know, inform me where I'm wrong or right on this thing. Uh, depending upon also what my attention span was at the time. So, we'll have to see. So, anyway, he's up, uh, and, you know, they're t basically, they've begun to talk about Joss's dog, who seems like he's gotten into something, uh, and he's not doing very well. Tookies, hola. Fish mittens, where is she? Fish mittens? What'd you do to her? Nothing. It could have been uh, rat poison in that garbage. That could have been it. These fucking dogs, trailer. I told you about them. Now I gotta pick all this shit up. Sorry, girl. Shit. What I wouldn't do to shoot my ex's dog. Have you met my ex? So right away in the film, there's dog murder. Um, it's it's not that rough. I understand that some people can't really take the whole thing with animals getting killed in movies. And i am always kind of been like, eh. Like, it doesn't bother me that much, to be completely honest with you. And maybe it should, but I always feel worse when, like, a human dies in a movie. But that's just me. And I guess maybe it's because we kind of connect better to our pets sometimes than we do the people that are out there, especially since they tend to be a lot more loyal, loving, and they follow you everywhere and they do everything with you. So I guess that could be the reason why, but I just, I don't know. 
But I know a lot of people might think that's a little bit unsettling, especially when fat guy number one over here, he goes and is just like, I wish I could shoot my do- my ex's dog. Like, what the fuck? Like, why? Why? Why would you want to do that? Like, you're kind of a psycho asshole if you think like that. Which, later on, well, we know a little more about him, right? So, from here, trailer, he decides to go over to Joss's place. And, you know, I guess he goes there every morning for some reason, um, whether to hang out with her or if it's actually his home and he lives there with Joss. Like I said, I don't know. It sounds like he's just going over the visit. And, of course, they have a kid together. His name is Joseph. And we're going to learn a little more of what's kind of going on uh, with his son. And we get a little bit of their kind of, like, troubled relationship and... What I want you to notice is the end of the scene. Uh, it's It relates to, well, the dog. You're a little early. Early for what? Well, you didn't talk to Doris? She's just getting in now. She might have called my place, but I wasn't home. What's she supposed to be telling me? Joseph got picked up this morning. They got him in town, and they said they'll only release him to you. Jesus Christ. You think this is us? Just shitty parents? I think he thinks his dad is a fuck-up. And it gives him a free pass. I'll meet you there at noon. No reason to get him out early. Hey. Have you seen Harley? No, I'll keep an eye out for her. So, right away, we know that something has gone on between these two. Of course, they have a son named Joseph. Joseph is once again in trouble. And the fact that she asks about her dog and then, like... Because it's weird. In the last scene, he says, you shouldn't, you know... Why would you... When I ask the question of, why would you want to shoot your ex's dog? And then he's like, well, you should have known my ex. And so I guess Joss is an ex of his... And then I know that we're going to learn that he has another son, right? Who is the older of the two, and that mom has passed away. So what exactly happened? Like, did he leave his previous wife for Joss, and then they got together, and then they ended up breaking up? I I really just kind of want to know what exactly happened. And the fact that he has to lie about the fact that, hey, I had to put your dog down. I'm not, But it's not even like lie. It's like straight up, I'm not going to tell you shit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen her. I mean, yeah, it is. I guess it is lying. I guess I should say that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, uh, well, no, no, I haven't, haven't heard a thing. And I have to say the cinematography of this movie from the, the just the way that the world is shot like is absolutely beautiful when we're outside and we're looking at the reservation and we're following the cars and the colors that are used are fucking great and vibrant uh, for even really random scenes. Like I really like the way everything is set and you can kind of see that there was love and care in the way that certain parts are presented versus other things where you want to be enamored and you want to see how beautiful the landscape is and how beautiful the home that they live in is. Those are absolutely beautifully shot. When everything kind of goes to shit and you want to show how shit it is, it's not shot as beautiful, but a lot more grimy, which 
I believe adds to the charm the way the film goes. But this shot that we have here when he's telling her that like, oh yeah, I haven't seen Haley or Harley, uh, the dog. The way that it looks like it's purposely done in a way that it looks awkward. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, it's it's almost like it's purposely done bad. Right? Because he goes up to the, the mirror like that's facing, and you know that, and he purposely makes sure that he looks in the mirror to look at her. So it's like he's looking at her in the face, but he's not directly looking at her because he wouldn't be able to tell her that, you know, he hasn't seen the dog. Like, it's a way for him to get out of the whole situation. And just the way that it's done is kind of the bumbling nature that Trailer is. Trailer, I'm not saying like he's a bumbling, comedic, like that type of police officer, sheriff, whatever you want to call him. But it's that he's very distant with a lot of things, and he plays the role very distant at the same time. So you get this character that is just weirdly not there and can't really, you know, can't tell the truth, but he doesn't tell the truth because he doesn't want to upset the person that he's talking to. So... And, and the director himself frames it in that way that you get those feelings out of the scene. So you have to look for more things that he does as you're watching the film. And I really enjoy the way the film is shot in general. Like I said, at least the landscape shots are absolutely beautiful. And it's not just because the landscape itself is beautiful. It's what he's done with the time and the care and the way that it's, it looks that makes it even more beautiful than I believe it actually is. So from here, trailer, he goes back to his car and he radios into dispatch to where he gets kind of a little bit of a rundown of what's going on in the town at the moment. Dispatch. Doris. Here, Chief. I've been calling your place all morning. I'm at Joss's. Oh, yeah? Not like that. Get on with it. Skip the hillbilly annex and just give me the highlights. I'm just trying to get organized. Today's been crazy. Really crazy. Burner called earlier. Said some drunk white guy was trying to eat his chickens and that if he didn't show up soon, he was going to blow his fucking head off. His words, Chief. Where's Bumper? Where else, Chief? He's in the woods. Bring him down and get him strapped. What else? You know Joseph got picked up. I talked to Joss already. I'll get him this afternoon. That's not what I was going to mention, Chief. Spit it out. Lysol got picked up with him. Of course he did. This band is open. Keep me posted. One more thing, Chief. Your dad called. He sounded scared. So after radioing in, and can I say how much I love Doris? I think she's one of the better characters in the film. And it sucks that we only get to see her, like, at the end of the movie in general. Like, within the last, like, 20 minutes of the film is when we finally actually get to see the character for the very first time. Otherwise, she's kind of like the wise-cracking uh, dispatch person. And she's got some good lines, like, right away we know something's up because there's a guy that's trying to eat somebody's chickens. 
Like, it's a relatively funny line, uh, but it's also a foreboding line at the same time, right? Like, what the hell is going on there? Um, is it just some random bum that just, <laughs> I want some KFC and I'm just going to eat your fucking chickens. Fuck your fence. Fuck your grass. Eat me some fucking chicken. You know, is it that type of guy? Or, you know, is this indicative of what's going to happen later with the zombie outbreak, right? There's already people that are going to be going around and eating fucking people. So from here, Trailer decides that he's going to go visit his dad. And, you know, this is a scene where you get some of the native language spoken here. Now, there's not a whole lot, and I'll explain kind of what it is, because he is really freaked out. And he does say a couple of times, he does repeat what exactly is being said there. And the last line is the most important one that you're going to get out of the scene, which I'll say what it is. So let's listen in on their conversation. Be your boss, Look inside. Blow my neck. I think I'm going crazy. Dad, you That thing's gutted. I pulled him out of the river this morning. I've been fishing these rivers for 60 years. I ain't never seen nothing like that. I have gas in the trunk. No gua. So the last thing that trailer says there at that scene is burn it. And they go get a bunch of gas and they throw the fish inside of a barrel. Uh, they don't shoot it. They just kind of toss it in there. And then uh, it's the dumbest joke I think I've made. I should get an award for that joke for being the dumbest joke on this fucking podcast. But nonetheless, <laughs> oh, here I am laughing at my own stupid fucking jokes. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the, you know. That's the way that they decide that they're going to get rid of it because, hey, it's alive and it shouldn't be alive anymore. And, you know, Trailer decides, he's like, look, you want to come out of retirement? Here, you're a deputy now for the sheriff's office. He hands him a badge where he tosses him badge. Tell him to go get the other guy that's up on the hill on his farm and come back down to the station because they're going to need a hand in handling a couple of things. From here, we get to meet Alan and Joseph for the first time in the film and... What I'm going to tell you is that they are brothers. Now, Joseph happens to be the son of both Trailer and Joss. And Alan, who goes by Lysol, even though it's spelt like Lysol, they keep saying Lysol in the movie. So I'm going to leave it as Lysol because, you know what, he's a disinfectant whenever the scene comes on. Because he's actually kind of an entertaining character, even though he's not acted the best. And I'm going to say this right now. Now... I know that they used a lot of indigenous actors to do the roles in this film, and I think that adds a lot of weight and heft to the movie. It also, you can kind of tell that some of them, they're not naturally trained, or maybe this is their first film, and so they're a little bit dry in terms of the performance, but I think it really does add to the authenticity of the film, and you know what? I really still enjoy it. It still doesn't stop me from liking the movie or enjoying the scenes that are going on, so I guess I cut them a little bit of slack, but the guy that plays Alan is probably one of the better guys in the film, even though he does go a little overboard at times, but I really 
really like when he gets to be a little more subtle, like he does in the scene where you meet them for the very first time inside of the jail cell while some guy is just fucking puking his guts out in the quarter. Quite literally. So you want to quit drinking? Just fuck AA. Just lock somebody in a cell with you two fucking idiots all night. They fucking die already, hillbilly. You here to break me up? Come on, man. Huh. Like I knew Dad wouldn't come get you, but he'd come get us. Uh. So I got arrested, town. He said. Think he's gonna come get you? He could just leave me. My mom wouldn't let him. Thanks, man, but I ain't no fucking charity case, and you being trailer's good, son. Any stupid shit you do, your people are gonna hang on me. Yeah, I'm just trying to fuck with my dad then. That's the same difference, Joey. Oh, fuck. Yo. Get out of here. So that's when the dude just throws up a ton of blood all over the damn floor, and it is pretty goddamn disgusting. Um, there is one thing this movie is not, and that is short on blood. Uh, so this scene it definitely is not for emetophobes, and if you don't know what that is, I'd suggest you look it up. Uh, especially if you have a weak stomach, um, it might not be for you. But it's weird. We don't know a whole lot about them other than they, you know, are the sons of Trailer. But we don't really know, in terms of acceptance, what's going on. Like, what is Alan? You know, and especially when they talk about how, you know, uh, your people accept you. So I'm assuming that he actually is, uh, you know, half possibly half white and half indigenous people and he happens to have the blood quantum and so that he is you know more indian than anything else right um and and when it comes to the the film you maybe you kind of make those assumptions especially as we learn things later on but i don't necessarily know for sure all we know is something happened to his mother we don't know exactly what happened to his mother and that he is not looked kindly upon uh, by other people by either side you know it's because he is you know more indian than he is white in this case he's not treated right by either side if that's the way that is the interpretation that we're supposed to take because he always kind of like he's always jabbing joseph about this right and he's always feeling about that but it's it's weird because i don't know if that's necessarily true like there isn't anything except for a couple little small pieces of dialogue that may lead you to believe this now this is what i believe but i don't know like i said if it's actually true or not and if somebody wants to tell me you know what no actually it's this that would be great because I never got a full grasp on exactly what happened to his mom. All I know is that it was bad that his dad left and his dad both abandoned his mom and him and really only, you know, interacts with him because he gets in trouble a lot and he's there basically to save his butt because as Joseph said, there's, you know, 
he's basically getting into trouble so that way he knows that he's going to save him too because that's his brother. And Joseph is very strong on family and the whole family aspect of things. But Lysol isn't because he was abandoned and the fact that the, you know, the people of the reservation, they don't really look kindly on him and nobody really looks kindly on any other person you know, it, you've got both sides of the coin here, right? You've got the white people across the way in the tribe, you know, or, in the, or the the tribe, the the townies, right? And they don't like anybody over on the reservation. Like they don't come over to help them. They just kind of stay away from them in general. Like they have their own thing, right? It's that type of like old school '80s racism that existed because this takes place around '81, '82, uh, where it's just like you know what. They're, they're over there, that's their land, and, you know, I d- don't like them for it for some reason. Like, it doesn't make any sense, even though, you know, that was always their land, and that's where, you know, they should, I'm not saying that they should be happy that they have it, but the people of the town shouldn't really give a shit. Just fucking interact with the people that are up there. Like, love them like human beings. That's all you can fucking do. Just love your fellow man, right? Instead, you got to act like an asshole all the fucking time just because they're different than you. And, you know, you have this stereotype about Native Americans that it really is a giant falsehood. Though, though, I should say, some of that is on force here when you actually look at the Native Americans that are the quote-unquote bad ones of the film and the way they act. And Lysol happens to be one of them. Uh, so... he's got this, you know, drunken attitude and just doesn't give a fuck about anybody because it's like he doesn't get accepted by either side of the place that he lives in. Whereas Joseph at least has his family, right? He has his mom who cares about him. He has his dad because he's the good son. He checks on him a little more often than he checks on the, uh, you know, the lower brother and the fact that he is full-blooded Indian, if that is the case, he's more accepted by his people than Lysol is. So it's one of those things. And I keep saying Lysol when I think they just keep saying Lysol. And hopefully I'll stop fucking that up for the rest of this goddamn podcast as well. But if not, he's fucking Lysol and he will always be Lysol to me. <laughs> so they see the guy throwing up inside of the cell and, of course, Trailer comes, and he comes a little later than he would have. And Josh is a little upset because he was supposed to be there at noon. And he's like, look, I had a bunch of weird things happen. I'm sorry that I'm late. And then they go up to the counter to start getting Joseph out of jail. John, whenever you're ready, man. We don't got all day. Trailer. Hey, Josh. So we got some paperwork for you to read and sign, and then... Uh... Trailer here, I guess we'll just do that all up just like last time. You know, your boy gets arrested more than a prostitute. I'll be in the car. She seems mad. So, what do you do? Well, we caught him on the bridge. He had uh, climbed up the structure and shimmied over the road and the crossbar. And then he took a shit on the first car that drove by. 
lady from our side of the line. She probably thought it was a goddamn pterodactyl shooting on her. Okay, so that shit is juicier than I want it to sound. I never want to have to hear this shit ever fucking again. And what's even worse, even worse, is that that is some type of like diuretic shit because it just hits the windshield and it just splatters fucking everywhere. And it is thick fucking shit. Whoever put it together, like, literally made the effect that dropped on the goddamn car, um, is a sick motherfucker. Let me tell you, it just, it's so nasty. And it just looks like a giant piece of bird shit in the way they did it. Except for, you know that it's human shit because you watched it fall from the sky right out of Joseph's ass, you know, right onto the goddamn car. Not directly on, you know, from his ass. I wouldn't say, it wasn't like they took a camera and was like, okay, we're going to go up here. We're going to focus on your fucking asshole. And then we're going to watch the dookie come out. And then when the dookie comes, we're going to follow it down and fall right onto the fucking windshield. And then it's going to fucking splatter everywhere. It's not like that, okay? It's not that bad. But it does fall on the windshield. And then when she's using the goddamn windshield wiper, it's like collecting into like a big clump of fucking shit but like i said well he's been drinking a lot right so it's probably one of those loose alcoholic stools you know when you've been drinking all night you got drunk off your ass and you really have to shit in the morning and it just doesn't remain solid until you basically had a like a nice uh set of scrambled eggs or maybe some runny eggs um and to make you feel a little better i'm talking about like that type of shit and I know that's pretty disgusting, but that's what I had to fucking watch. And that's what you're going to have to fucking watch if you watch this movie, if you haven't yet. But you should have watched it already. So, and then he falls from up there. And that's about, I don't know, 15, you know, maybe 15 feet up at least. Maybe more like, uh, it could even be 20, could be higher, right onto the back of her car. And then he gets up like there's no fucking problem. Pants off and everything. He's just... Like, he knew that he had to get down there, and the only way that he could get arrested was to shit on some fucking townie's car. That's what he was going to do, and that's what he fucking did. So I guess that's one way that you can get yourself fucking arrested. So, they go ahead and, you know, Trailer and Sam here, they go back over to the jail cell, and that's where they see shit is already starting to go down, because the dude in the cell that it's basically puked blood every fucking where is now becoming what they're going to call a Zed. There's a fucking ass in here. What's with the blood? Was this guy beat up when he came in? Uh, he's been clutching his guts all night, and then he started... <laughs> Come on. Don't go nowhere, shitbirds. Help! Help! Hey. Oh, and then, hey. fucking lost your god! 
goddamn hole. Hey, he's he's on on up. fucking hillbilly age. You're gonna fucking you're gonna put a new hole in your head, you son of a bitch. I'm gonna fucking kill him. Long night. Oh, fuck. Looks like you got your tip. I just like the way that scene like fucking goes out. So what you see, what you hear hearing here, I just kind of wanted to give you an idea of how frantic the scene is because it really is like they're trying to like hold the guy back and he is way more powerful than both him and trailer combined. Like he manages to bite fucking Joseph. He manages to bite (laughs) Sam, the cop on the tit. Uh, and it's, he just gets up after even getting beaten to shit by Sam. Like, he is just fucking wailing with his little baton, you know, right over him. And Trailer stops him because he's like, dude, you're going to kill the guy. Like, you need to fucking calm down just because he attacked you. But he's a drunken asshole, so don't fucking worry about it. I understand that you got bit, but it's like, dude, you can't fucking kill somebody. Uh, and, and it's just... Like, really, really crazy, frantic, the way the camera moves, how fast it moves in between people. And basically, like I said, he threw up another pile of blood, and then his eyes turn completely white, and he begins just going fucking crazy. Now, I laughed, and I still laugh every time I hear he's you want to eat people, huh? You want to eat people? Come on, eat people, come on. Like, okay, well, you're basically telling a zombie to fucking eat you, right? You're basically trying to dress up like Pugsley Adams and fucking sing the dancing fucking turkey song. Going out there, eat me. Hey, it's zombie day. Eat me. My brain's a very tasty. You know, you're you're just fucking encouraging the zombie to be a fucking zombie. Why don't you encourage him to do something different? Hey, man, maybe it's not brains that you want to eat. Maybe, you know, it's your soul. You have something heavy on you. Why don't you sit down with the zombie and discuss how he could be better if he just didn't, you know, eat brains all the time and sit on the couch and smoke a bunch of pot and fucking play video games all day, okay? Maybe he's just reaching you out, like, for zombie love and affection. Like, you just have to give him... Maybe he never knew his dad who turned him into a zombie. Or maybe it was his mom that turned him into a zombie. You don't know. You don't know that zombie's life story. You don't know where he's been. Instead, you're just like, Motherfucker, eat me! Eat me! You know? And you're just perpetuating the zombie stereotype. Way to fucking go, asshole. So... They all leave. Now, there's a bunch of clips that are going to be in a row that are really close together in the movie. And the only reason that I did this, because all the scenes I feel like are very important as we're moving on to the second act of the film. Because we're getting right towards the end of that as we begin to see what the zombie menace is like. The beginning of the outbreak exactly is going to be. So the very first thing that we do after everybody leaves is that Josh and Joseph... They have kind of a heart-to-heart together, and it's like the mother and son scene. And then we go into the exact opposite. And then this fucking mental case just lunges, like, like lunges at Shamu and bites him right in the chest. And me and Lysol and Trailer trying to pull him, and then he fucking bites me too. I don't give a shit who bit you. 
I'm ready to bite you myself. So what did you get arrested for? Just vandalized some car. You just vandalized some car? You need to start making better choices. I know I fucked up, Mom. Now you know? Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Look, I know your heart's in the right place, but your head's up your ass. It's not like I just met Charlie, Mom. It's not like I don't care about her. Look, I really love her. Look, I'm not talking about Charlie. I'm talking about your brother. And I'm talking about why you keep getting into trouble with this guy. He doesn't have anyone else. The trailer fucking abandoned him. The whole reserve knows what happened to his mom. I hear you, and I, I get you on that. Joseph, if you're more focused on being a brother to Lysol than being a father, and if the question ever came up if you were ready, the way you're prioritizing your life right now is your answer. So she's not upset by the fact that he got arrested, that he was attacked by somebody in the jail and he got bitten, the fact that his girlfriend, whatever is going on between them, which, spoiler alert for a scene that's going to be coming up in a second, she's fucking pregnant and they're fucking young, right? She's a teenager and he's pretty fucking young as it is, but we don't know what the ages of these people exactly are. I'm going to assume 18, right? Let's just assume that and just make it easy so they're still teenagers, but they're legal. And you just, like, it's the fact that he still associates with Alan, with Lysol, right? And she does not like that shit. And the way that he sees it, you know, he's just kind of more about, like, look, it's still family. It's my brother. He's got nobody else. I care so much about him that I'm willing to go get arrested. And the only reason that he's being a bad guy at all is because he just wants to make sure that his brother gets out of the situation as well because his brother won't abandon him and since he's there he might as well get his other brother too so it's kind of like a caring family thing and well i guess it's not really a spoiler that she's pregnant because she does say to him that hey you know if you're going to be a father and you think that you're going to be a good father and you keep doing this stupid shit with your brother then you're not going to be a good father to your kid because you care more about your brother than you do about your son or daughter that's going to be coming into the world. You're not going to be a good fucking dad if you keep hanging around with trash like Lysol. So, I guess I do kind of understand it. I understand where she's coming from. I wish the actress that plays Joss would be more emotive. She is very, very fucking stoic constantly she's probably my least favorite out of everybody in this film and it started off kind of as trailer but as the character grows up in this film he becomes much better and when he's got more to do and especially in a scene that's going to be coming up i really enjoyed the actor and i really enjoyed the character in general and it's the same thing both <laughs> you can tell that joseph is joss's <laughs> son because he kind of acts the same too he doesn't really show a whole lot of emotion and especially with one of the scenes later in the movie where he has to cry he can't really fucking cry it's like i'm watching tug speedman over here and he's trying to do the scene uh where he needs to cry and he just cannot do it uh 
so it's very it's very awkward when it comes to these two in these scenes when something bigger needs to happen. The thing is that she's got the facial expressions down. She really does. And I know this is me nitpicking and complaining about something very, very small in this film. But it's just weird because you can tell by her face that things are affecting her and that she's very upset. But you can't tell by the voice. If you're just listening to this, it just sounds like she just has the same fucking, you know, bitch face for the entire movie. But that's not the case. She really does, like, show a very emotive side of her, but only when you're looking at her. Not when you're listening to her speak. So, it's just weird that she doesn't care about the other two things, but she just cares about the influence that Lysol is basically going to have on him. So, from here, after they've had their conversation, and she's going to take him to the hospital to make sure that he gets a tetanus shot because she's a nurse, uh, then we go over and we see Taylor, trailer, I'm sorry, and Lysol, they're talking, and they're kind of, you see this father-son relationship that the two of these guys have, and how it's just, it's not the best in the world. Well, that was really fucked up. This whole day has been fucked up. Oh, I'm sure you've had worse. You are, Chief. What news? Shooker called and said his girlfriend is sick and the ambulance from town still isn't picking up. They never pick up. What time did he call you? And how long has he been calling the townies? I called here at 12.30 this afternoon and he said he's been calling for an ambulance since last night. But he could be lying. You have no idea how many times I've been over there because of his bullshit. His girlfriend's still pregnant. Pretty sure, boss. I can't keep bailing you out, Alan. Nobody told you to bail me out. Tell that to your brother. Whatever you think of me, the kid deserves better. Better than what? Either one of us. So at least there's a lot of regret in the voice of of Trailer here. I just don't know. It's more or less, again, he's not so worried about Alan here. He's more worried about Joseph, and he wants Joseph to have the better life. Even though he's not really in his life, supposedly, or maybe he is. Who knows? Um, And... Well, at least he's trying, because he comes over in the mornings, right? But does he come over just to see Joss, just to find out how he's doing? But he thinks that, you know what, I shouldn't be in his life because I'm a piece of shit. And for what I did to, you know, maybe what he did to fucking Lysol's mother. You don't know. Again, I want to know why. Why does he deserve better, you know, than him? We never really find out. We just know that he tries to make up for it in the course of the movie as everything starts going fucking down. With Lysol, we know, kind of, that he's an asshole. We can tell. We can tell right away by the way that he talks, the way that he carries himself, the fact that he's drinking a fucking beer as he's fucking driving, right across from his fucking cop dad, and his cop dad ain't doing shit. He's just like, I don't care about you. You can do what you want. You can fuck up your life. I don't give a shit. Like, that's the type of, like, action he has. But he really cares for Joseph because Joseph is, quote-unquote, the good son. Or is it because Joseph is, quote-unquote, the pure son? That's where I kind of, I lean. And that's why I think that there's something with, you know, 
by Saul's mom being white and the fact that, you know, he's not accepted, not even by his father, because his father's disgusted by the fact, or, you know, that his father made a mistake and left his mom and got her pregnant because the tribe wouldn't accept the fact that she's white because of the way the people over there have always treated the people over on his side of everything. So you can make a lot of kind of inferences from him, but that's kind of what I want to believe happened if I have to create the backstory for these characters, for him specifically. But again, I don't need a whole lot of backstory for Lysol because I can kind of get that just based out of his actions and the way that he acts through the whole movie. So from here, we go back over to the hospital and we see that, you know, Joseph here, he's gotten kind of bandaged up. He's looking a little better. Uh, and then he runs over to his girl, Charlie, who I guess has been told that she needs to get an abortion because she's pregnant with his son. And that's where we kind of get the C story of the movie, which I guess maybe you can say it's more of the B story of the movie, which is the relationship between Joseph and Charlie and their unborn kid. The ugliest waiting room I've ever seen. Thanks for stopping by. I'm sorry. Everything seems like a good idea when you're drunk. Says the teenage boy that was pregnant teenage girlfriend. The abortion place. I didn't even tell my dad. Are you embarrassed of me? What in the hell happened to your arm? Don't change the subject. I'm not changing the subject. I just want to know what happened. Look, some hillbilly bit me in the drunk tank. My mom's giving me a tetanus shot. I'm not going to bleed to death waiting, so can you please answer my question? Are you embarrassed of me? No. <sighs> Fuck no. I'm embarrassed of him. He's just embarrassing. still want to do this so there's still the stigma that's kind of going on here and yes it is 81 so we're putting it in a specific time frame uh where you know the fact that they're gonna have a baby together and that like he even asks and he's even worried about the fact that is she embarrassed by him like does she not like like him in that way or the fact that they're having a kid like what is going on like how does she actually feel and of course she's just like you're fucking stupid it's not me it's my fucking dad i'm embarrassed about my fucking you know father who wants me to do this and that's when he asks do you really want to do this or do you want to have the kid and she doesn't really you know she doesn't say it out loud but she does nod to him and she does hold his hand and smile so it's more like yeah i really do because i really love you i'm really with you and it's not about you it's about my family right so there's a lot of this stuff kind of going on in what we kind of already know and what really kind of was a, a big deal during that day and age and it's not even necessarily with you know the indigenous people even though that doesn't help for this area but still, it wasn't as wildly accepted as it would be right now. So, 
we have them there. We go back over to Joss, and Joss is over there inside the like nurse's area, and she's looking for the stuff to give him a tetanus, tetanus shot. Not a Tetris shot, because that would make him go away, because he's pretty much just a straight line, right? He doesn't have, like, the bumps like I do. I'd probably be, like, that weird three-piece thing that would go down there, because my gut would be the one that is able to fit in the hole, and then the rest of me can just clear the rest of the line on top. Or, you know, if I stand sideways, you can stick me into the side. Okay, that's more than enough talking about my fatness, but, um, so... She's trying to find the medication, and the phone keeps ringing, and the nurse that's there with her basically says, we're out of a lot of stuff because there's something going on, and other hospitals are taking our medication, and we're also, you know, all the doctors are trying to treat everybody as they come in. Then there's a giant ruckus down the hall. We see one of the doctors running towards her, and then in the distance, we see a patient, and he's attacking one of the doctors. The doctor's trying to hold him back. Eventually, they flip, you know, him around. And then the new zombie that's there starts eating on the doctor and all hell is breaking loose. From here, we cut back over to Trailer and he's gone up into the forest to check on the guy that called in about the ambulance and his girlfriend going crazy. And that's where we get something very unexpected. And I like the last line of this piece of dialogue and the way that it's delivered. Just because what's coming up, it it cannot prepare you for that. Jesus Christ, Sugar. Had it. What the fuck are you on about? Yeah. Has no, no time. And there's supposed to be little fingernails, little yellow teeth. They're going out. Of course, you're high. Stupid cocksucking fuckface. You should have just called a cab right away. I got no money left. And nobody's gonna let us into their house to use their phone. And they don't like her hot chief because she's white. Is she alright at least? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. She's definitely not all right, Chief. I ain't got no more coke here. I don't want any more. I don't want any more. I, I swear to God, if you don't get a hold of yourself, I'm going to kick your ass off the face of this fucking planet. Where is she? Yeah, yeah, upstairs to the left. I think I, I left it open, maybe. In the, the back, in the back room. Yeah, upstairs to the left. She said, she said uh, the baby needed to eat with no mouth. What? Hey, with no mouth. So this scene is one, the use of uh, cocksucking motherfucker, I am 100% in on. Like, just the way that he's treating this guy. He knows this guy is just a fucking cokehead. And that, you know, they're, you know, hocked up on something and it's just not a good situation because there's always trouble from this guy and it always has to do with that stuff. But he is just freaked the fuck out. Like, and it's not necessarily just the drugs, but I think he thinks it's a bad fucking trip because you have some, there's no coke, I've got nothing, I don't even want to fucking touch the stuff again, I got rid of it all, you have to believe me, yada, yada, yada. And this is because, you know of what we're going to see in just a moment. But I really like the way the scene is portrayed from both sides. One from the side of the, you know, the the guy that's freaking the fuck out with his girlfriend going fucking crazy. And from the side of Trailer, where Trailer is just like, I'm sick and tired of you motherfuckers, and I just don't want to deal with this shit, and you keep having me come up here. And he's also kind of pissed off because 
you know, he knows that they need help and his people won't help them. And then the people, her people won't help them on the other side of the fucking tracks. So he's kind of stuck and he has to be the only one that deals with this. And the guy is just not an easy person to deal with. So he goes inside after he does everything and tells him he's going to kick his ass off the face of the earth. And like I said, I love the end of that. It's like, he, the kid, he's supposed to have regular fingers and he doesn't have regular fucking fingers. And then his little yellow teeth where he's supposed to have teeth, they're not. And he's just, he just has no mouth. He has no mouth. Like, it's, it's fucking chilling. At the same time, that trailer is just like, I'm not putting up with your bullshit because you're just fucking high again. And that's where you're getting with these things. Until he goes upstairs and he's just like going up there and he can hear something. And you can hear it too. And it sounds like somebody's eating something. And I'm like, no, there's no fucking way that they're going to do this. There, There is no fucking way. Like... I'm like, I hope it's the other way around. And that's what I was expecting. I'm telling you, I was expecting that, oh God, the baby is fucking turned. And the baby's going to be fucking eating the mom. And it's going to be fucking disgusting. Nope. Nope. It is the opposite. You have the the mom there who I couldn't tell if she was meant to be naked or not. Uh, but she's there. She's got the umbilical cord coming out of her. And the baby, she's holding and she's eating the fucking baby. Like, she's got it in her hands and she's just going to fucking town on it. It's not like it's up close, but it was shocking as all shit. And I literally said out loud, holy shit, she's eating a fucking baby. Like, (laughs) I could not believe that they would put this in the movie. That would be something. Like... And the reason why is because there's not always a whole lot of violence against kids in cinema. You see it every now and then. Like, I just watched Tropic Thunder the other day and you see him when he throws the young kid. You know, it's done for maybe like comedic effect. But when it comes to horror movies, you normally don't see this. It's not something normal. I think I've only seen a couple of movies recently where like a kid blew up, a kid got its head cut off, and here a baby is being fucking eaten. I was very surprised. And then... Just as freaked out as I was, Trailer has the same exact fucking reaction in the film, which I love. I love it when the characters react the same as what you would react to seeing something like this. And so it gives you a better connection to that character. Uh, At least that's my type of interpretation for this. So he's eating the fucking baby, or she is. Trailer's not fucking eating a fucking baby. And so she's eating it, and then she notices that he's there, and she runs after him, jumps on him, and they fight. He gets bitten, manages to throw her off, and he runs out of the house, and the other guy's like, what, where is she, is everything okay? And he just doesn't talk, he books it into the fucking car, and he goes and grabs his shotgun and starts getting shells out of the glove compartment. And meanwhile, the other dude's out there, and she's like, what, what's going on, is she okay, is the baby okay, is everything okay? And then she just jumps on top of him, and starts attacking him and starts biting him in the fucking neck and he's like oh my god you gotta come help me and trailer's trying to put the fucking shells on it's a really fucking intense scene i fucking love the way this is done and it's so dark everything out there except for them is just fucking illuminated and all you can pay attention to is him on the windshield and then trailer when he's in the car and what he's trying to the shells he's trying to get and finally gets the shotgun puts them in there and then he doesn't fucking shoot her like Why didn't you fucking shoot her at least? Instead, he knocks him off the guy, and then 
he bashes her fucking head in. And he bashes her something fucking good because he like he just hits her with the butt of the gun. She knocks down the ground, but then it's more like one, two, like right in, caves her head in. Brains are going everywhere. Blood is everywhere. He's freaked the fuck out because he's just killed the girl, and then so is the guy because he just fucking killed the girl, and he's also bleeding to death. And so he calls into dispatch uh, to. See if he can get some help for the dude in the back seat. Oh, you killed her, man. Shut up! Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Doris. Doris. Oh. Sugar's hurt. Oh, oh fuck, your father. Yeah, see what your father brought in. You're going to shit frisbee. Hey, man. Keep over here, man. Doris, I gotta bring Sugar to the hospital. There's supposed to be a fucking ambulance. I dropped that girl. I think I killed her. Jaws is coming over in an ambulance. She's talking hysterical, Chief. Uh, uh, about what? She's saying. She's saying, don't get bit, Chief. Don't get bit. And so he's staring down in his hand because he did get bit by the lady there inside the house. So they're rushing eventually to get to the bridge that's in between the town and in between the reservation. And we see that he's trying to get over it as fast as he can because he wants to get to the hospital to take care of the guy that's in the backseat bleeding to fucking death. But as he's going over, he sees the ambulance and it's stopped. And there's a dude that's hanging out the inside. And Josh then jumps out of the ambulance and runs over to him and says get back get back and he's like what and she grabs his gun and she lays in a bunch of bullets and shoots the guy right in the head because the guy that was thrown out of the ambulance all of a sudden comes back to life and starts to come after them well he tries but he's kind of stuck in the windshield of the ambulance and then she says that joseph's in the back of it and they can't get him out it's really intense because they're trying to and he's he almost looks like i think he gets bit again too um and, you know, because he's got the girl, but also Charlie's girlfriend's in the back of the ambulance as well. Well, no, she managed to get out. I should mistake, I mistakenly think that she's back there. But eventually they do shoot open the back of the ambulance. Joseph jumps out, but the zombie now lady that's in the back there jumps on top of him and starts going after her. I think it was the doctor that she was talking to earlier in the film. Uh, and so she's busy attacking trailer. Then all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere, the guy that they went to go get out in the forest, he comes up and he has a chainsaw and he revs that shit up and shoves it right into the back of her dome and just like saws right through her face. Blood is everywhere you know completely covering trailers spurting out all the side and then she falls unconscious or dead on top of him he pushes her away and the guy's like new chainsaw (laughs) and i i love that character too and he only speaks in uh you know the native dialect uh that they're using for the film and so we don't really get to hear a whole lot from him for the rest of the podcast because he does one he doesn't speak much he's very stoic Um, but you know, in some of the scenes that he's really important in, they're more like action scenes than anything else. So he, you know, saves the day, saves trailer, everything has gone to shit. And then we fade up into the sky and we go to six months later and six months later, the world has gone to shit. 
Like at least in the area that they're at, everything is run down. There's burnt out buildings. There's a bunch of cars that are all crashed on the street. And then there's a barricade that leads from the, you know, the reservation over into the town that's there. And we fade in on, you know, the the new bunker that's been set up by trailer and everybody else that's there. And we see that, you know, there's people outside on patrol. One happens to be Lysol. And the other one happens to be a little girl, and he's found, not a little girl, a young lady, and he's found something that he thinks is going to be the best thing for him in the world on getting chicks. Check this out. Found a box of these, and this is the only one that didn't have blood on it. Could probably swap a blowjob for this. It's cherry flavored. Fuck, you could get a blowjob from anyone. It's probably the last cherry flavored powder in the world. I'm eating this. Oh, to you who are highly favored. No shit. Hey, Doris, that's my little brother, so I wouldn't harm a hair on his head. Three more mouths to feed. Yay. Oh, good grief, Charlie Brown. You know the girls, guy and his kid are stragglers. Hey, I know you too. Make that two more mouths to feed. The girl's sick. Welcome to our palate of care. Put her down. What's going on here? I haven't done anything wrong. You're bringing your sick here. What's right about it? My little girl got injured, that's all. She needs help. Uh, I was told I could get help here. Who told you? Oh, wait a minute. We could just go back and leave or use one of the boats. We don't need... Oh, hey! Probably barely know this guy. Fuck Lysol. Settle down. Fuck, you just said it, man. You don't know this guy. How do you know that this fucking town he didn't come in with this refugee Pollyanna act? He plant this infected bitch right on our doorstep. You, you brought her here. What? Take this knife, slide it in her ear and stir it around. You know what we had to do to get here? No, and I don't give a fuck either. You do it up or I'll do it for you. What if my baby's born sick? You gonna shoot us too? I'll do what I have to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. easy boy. Broke my dipstick. You owe me a blow. When they're gonna Charlie again, I'll fucking kill you. Joseph! Alan! What the fuck are you doing? Just checking for bites like you told us to. Or do you want to fucking open up the floodgates and let them stay? Look at you. Look at all of you. Get your fucking shit together! What are you doing? How the fuck do you even keep arranging this? We're supposed to be helping people. That's what I'm doing. We're not supposed to be doing anything. We're supposed to be surviving. Oh, gee, Bennett. I'm butch button on neighbor. What are you guys talking about? Speak English. Speak English! Your girl's been bit. 
She can't come in here. She'll put everyone in danger. She should have said something. I heard that you could cure bites here. I should have been honest about that up front. But look. Look, he's been bit. She stopped on her breathing. So there's a lot to take in that's going on in the scene. But basically, the gist of everything that's going on is one... He found himself some fun dip powder, cherry in fact, and that is going to be the key to multiple blowjobs because everybody wants fun dip powder. And if you haven't had that and it happens to be the last in the world, then that's what's going to get you fucking laid is going to be some like candy powder shit that you're probably just going to snort up your nose. But of course, he's not going to use it like that. Lysol, he's going to use it to actually eat for himself for once because... You know, who needs blowjobs when you can have cherry powder? Or cherry pie, I guess. Something. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, so then there is a bunch of people that brought up. Because Joseph and his uh, lady there, they're constantly going out and looking for survivors. That's the one thing that they're going to do. If there's somebody out there, and she's really caring more about her people. You know, the people of the town, she's looking for other people that could, you know, survive. And they live... In now an area that's totally been secluded, not truly secluded, but just kind of like walled off and protected. And they're the ones that are maintaining that everything's okay. And Lysol really does kind of have a point here. He's just like, you know, you bring these people in, especially this guy who obviously has somebody that's infected because she's sick and she's wounded, you know. You can't bring them in here. And what happens if you let them loose? If you let them loose, they're just going to start killing everybody. And especially if you have a ton of white people and not a lot of people. Because it's obvious that they are immune to this whole thing. Because each one of them have been has been bit in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's, you know, Joseph being bit twice by random people. Uh, you know, Lysol being attacked also in the jail as well. But he didn't get bit. Trailer being bit but totally being okay. Everybody, you know, they, it doesn't matter what's going to happen to you. You still could get killed by whatever is that is out there. So he does have a point. And then, you know, when Trailer comes out and he's just like, yeah, I agree. But we still need to take care of people because they're people. Right. And so but we need to deal with people that have problems. And that's when they find out that she's been bitten, you know, and they're like, look, we're going to have to kill her. That's the only thing that we can fucking do. And, you know. That's what they're basically talking about when they're speaking in the native language. Um, And the guy is, of course, getting upset because, you know, like, speak fucking English because he doesn't know what's going on. And it could be, it's kind of like a double-edged sword there. It's probably one of those things because he wants to know what they're talking about, especially everybody got upset, the fact that she's been bitten. And at the same time, it's like, you know, it's a little showed upon them, like, look, you know, you need to speak what I need to speak. Like, it's kind of showing both sides of the thing even though the literal sense of it is more that she you know is not doing well and they're talking about killing her and that's what he assumes they're actually talking about but not telling him straight up so they basically you know usher him inside and this wall that they built so far for this little encampment they have is kind of crazy you know it's all different types like sheet metal has a gate and everything like that it needs to have its own little lieutenant dan zombie outside with no legs Because he ain't got no legs right there. Just fucking dangling and 
squirming around. I really like the the little practical guy that they have there and the makeup that they have. The practical makeup in this movie is really fucking excellent. And all of the kills are basically practical effects. So it's worth your time at least to watch for that stuff. So that's when Trailer comes out and Trailer, you know, he does his whole thing. And then we got to make sure that we protect these people. It, it sucks. There's more mouths to feed, but that's the way that it goes. Lysol's not very happy about it, and he does point a gun directly at the belly of, you know, Joseph's girlfriend when she claims that, you know, what are you going to do when my baby's born? And he's like, well, if it's one of them, I'm going to fucking kill it. It's what I'm going to do. So Lysol, even though he's an asshole, he's kind of a practical asshole, right? He has reasons right now to be. He's been rejected by both sides. He happens to be immune, and he's worried that if there's too much of this going on, that it's going to kill everybody. Honestly, it's it's a good thing to be worried about. You can't just, you know, maybe these people that have treated you like shit all this time, they're going to come in here, they're going to lie. But his worry should be more about them lying that they've been bit, like this guy with his daughter, rather than it be that, oh, well, I'm purposely bringing this in to infect you all because I hate you all. Because that's the type of stuff that he's been experiencing, right? That... You guys are okay. You guys can't be okay. So we're going to fuck you up in some way, shape, or form. So it sucks that that's what he believes. But at the same time, I can kind of get it. It's weird. Uh, so he, they usher the guy inside. And, you know, the big guy, he says, I've never had to kill a child before. So Trailer takes the giant, like, axe that he's got and kills the girl as she rises from being a zombie. We go inside and we get a little more, you know, from that girl that's on the outside there with Lysol. And actually kind of talks about a lot of what I've talked about before. When, Especially when you hear the story of what exactly happened to her. There's the dogs that got my family. I was sentimental about my dog. Turns out, immune to the plague doesn't mean immune to being eaten alive. Look, I get it. You're still feeling bad about Karen, but look around you. Everyone here lost somebody. Kira. What? Her name was Kira. Zed. That's just Zed. Not some little girl. It's better to, you know, not look at them as whatchamacallits. People. Are you fucking crazy? You can't bring that here. Go follow Jay and Charlie, the pregnant lady, into the nurse's station. And don't forget, ain't nobody immune here but us. So feel safe here. So, you know, she basically saying that even though you know, we're immune to this plague. We're not immune to fucking dying. We can't fix the shit that's going on here. But if you're expecting us to be your great saviors and that, you know, we're perfectly okay from everything that's going on, that's not the case. You know, the case is, is that dogs fucking killed my family and I'm not immune to fucking dog bites. I can still fucking die. And then, you know, they're protective over everybody. But you can tell, too, she holds a little bit of animosity because it's just like, you know, you're bringing your plague people here. And the whole thing with the blanket, like, 
She looks at him, you can't bring this fucking blanket in here, and then throws it in and burns it, and it's the last remaining piece of his daughter that's now fucking dead. But at the same time, they gave him the fucking blanket. They took the fucking blanket from him, like, when they killed the girl, and then gave him one of the blankets, and then killed the girl. So, how does he have the fucking blanket? Like, it's not because he brought brought it with him, somebody gave it to him after they killed the fucking daughter. It's so ridiculous. It's either like a continuity thing that there's a problem with that because when he went behind the gate, he had no blanket. And then all of a sudden he's walking around with a blanket after he's gone inside. So, okay, I get it. But you can't be mad about him with that because one of the other guys that just killed his daughter gave him the blanket. Um, But I get it. The blood could infect people. Don't want to do anything about it. So I, I understand where your frustrations come from. So... They go inside, and we actually go and see one of the other... So there was a total of four people that they brought in, right? There was a young girl that Lysol recognized. There was uh, a young man that was with them. There was the father and the daughter. So the daughter is now dead, and so there's only three of them. And so we're going to focus in on the girl who's talking to Josh back there and, you know, explaining... Well, Josh is trying to weed her out, but not getting... (laughs) Okay, so the whole idea of going to Joss is to check them out, to make sure that they're okay, because she's a medical practitioner, and to make sure that everything, that nothing bad has happened to them. And her line of questioning, honestly, is really fucking stupid, and just give them a fucking physical before they fucking move on. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, okay? So how long were you out there for? I lost track of the time. What did you guys eat while you were out there? Did you eat any salmon? Did you eat any dog? Anything else? Are you asking me if I had to eat people? Has anyone ever answered yes to that? Well, what's your answer? No. I haven't eaten any people or dogs or fucking anything. Settle down. Do you have a bathroom? One more question. It's a big one. Did you get bit? No. Okay, so she's in the bathroom that she goes to that she asks about, and she lifts up her shirt, and there's a fucking bite mark on her right in her fucking stomach. Okay, if you're going to ask somebody, have you been bit? And then you're not going to fucking follow up on it with looking at her. Okay, you know what? You're a girl. I'm going to give you a quick physical just to make sure that you're okay. And I'm going to look for fucking bite marks before I let you in this fucking camp. Why wouldn't you do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. And she's going to be the fucking cataclysmic event that's going to fucking happen. That's going to fuck everything up. You know it right away. There's two things that you know that are going to fucking happen. And we'll talk about the other one in just a few minutes when we get back to Charlie and fucking Joseph being by themselves again. But you probably already thought about what that thing I'm going to talk about was when the first time they fucking talked. But... Well, and the first one being, is the baby going to be immune? Okay, that's just a common theme. You could have thought about that there and they do it, but I'm going to talk about something else. Um, But why? Why wouldn't you fucking check her? Like, it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't physically look at her when you're just going to give her the benefit of the doubt that, hey, you know what? She says that she's fine. She's probably fucking fine, which she's not. 
Then the other thing is, is that the guy that came in with him, he decided to go into the bathroom and he can't take life anymore. And because his daughter's now fucking dead, he decides to fucking kill himself. And of course, he's becoming a zombie in the goddamn bathroom. We go outside and we learn a little more of kind of what's going on, uh, what their plans are to basically survive with all the people that are there. Everything is blocked off. We got four-man teams at every blockade. The road's coming in off of 132, and nothing really to worry about. Stragglers still stumbling in from some of the podong towns on the island. Pretty old and mangled. Don't move as fast, so they've been picking them off easy. Bodies are starting to pile up faster than we can bury them, so we might have to spark up those pyres again, regardless of who sees them. You're getting the same problem on the bridge. That's been coming in towny side nonstop. We were wasting an ammo trying to keep them from ramping up the blockade. Bumper found a way around that without having to fire a single shot or mop up a single body. than the dead walking around townies, the live breathing ones. They're coming across in almost the same numbers. Some people in Red Crow don't like it, but we gotta do right by survivors. We've been housing all the intakes here at the hall. We've been keeping the boats that have been coming in tied up at the old man's shanty. If something happens here, we get separated, we meet up at the church. We get enough space between here and there to buy us time get on those boats we wait this thing out to winter we can hit the towns clean out the zedsicles and find any other survivors I keep reminding people moose and deer are clean and anything out of the water is bad meat we hunt and trap for food that mountain water is clean that leaves one thing gas only thing left is that gas station with the Muppets own on the red side of 132. Burner said there's a whole reservoir there that we haven't even tapped yet. choco has been keeping an eye on things for us. They've been bringing girls up there. Papa Muppets and tell them if they give them head, they're going to be immune. Either way, we got to clean them out. It's the, the guy that came with the girl, Chief. He killed himself. So Trailer has to go into the bathroom and take care of the whole dead guy situation, even though we knew that, I guess maybe the girl, she alarmed everybody to what was going on, but who knows if they were trying to say like, and I really like the scene where she does find out that he's killed himself, because again, colors are used so well in this movie that it feels like it's an art flick at the same time that it's a horror flick, like a mass horror flick, not that it's like, you know, an art house horror flick, like we know something like a, maybe an A24 type of, you know, art horror thing that would be, like, there's, it's a mix between the whole, like, Blumhouse, like, widespread horror with the amount of gore and everything that's going off, but it's also framed and shot more like an art house type movie with the way that it uses colors to emphasize the way the scenes are. So that scene where she finds the guy has killed himself and has become a zombie now, and he's like, and, uh, you know, it's like, 
it's slow, methodical, but it uses a lot of green that looks really, 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 really great. So we have him going into the bathroom and basically kicking down the door and getting ready to fight off the guy that's in there because they're the only people that can kill the fucking zombies. Now we go over and we see that Joseph and Charlie, they're talking to each other because now they have a little bit of respite. And of course, what she's worried about is what's going to happen with the baby and what exactly is, you know, what is it going to do to her possibly? And this, after we finish with this scene, I'm going to give you what, like, I was talking about a little bit earlier. I think going on runs has made your brother even more mental. I used to think it was because my dad had him when he was, like, young. He was just never in the picture. The way his mom died didn't help. Sent him to foster care, and who knows what happened there. He left an Allen and came back a Lysol. Yeah, I forgot that was his mom. Gave him a pass on so much fucking nonsense. You still have him, Mom. Do you know how many times he said that shit to me? has to stop sometime. You can't just be an asshole. Yeah, fuck him then. But either way, he was right. Yeah, he's right. That girl flipped five minutes sooner. I know it's not the sick little girls that I'm worried about. Do you know what we have here, man? This might be the last place on the planet that isn't overrun. I know. I know. Then what are you doing? I'm straight up asking you, can me understand? What are you doing? People look at me here. Like, like my vagina's Pandora's box. I have nightmares, Joseph. This baby eating me from the inside out. You're immune. I'm not. What if this baby isn't either? I mean, what if it just decides to eat its way out? Charlie, my mom's watching you every day. People been doing this shit since monkeys got off their knuckles. It's not about the pregnancy, dumbass. It's about sitting here and just waiting for something to happen. Because don't you feel it? Something's gonna happen. I trust my mother. She says it's healthy. It's a healthy heartbeat. Shucker's baby? I didn't see that. Look, Shucker's woman was a dope addict, and so was he. I didn't want this. I know. You said it a million times, you're at the hospital. No, to fight with you. Have you thought of any names? No. Not really. You? No. You don't name the things that eat you? (laughs) So, okay. There's a lot that's going on. There's a little more talk about what happened with Lysol and what happened with Trailer and the way that he acts and... You know, the way that Joseph, he just wants him to be equal. Like, we're brothers. We should just love each other. Rather than he's constantly telling him, you know, at least you have a mother. At least you have a mother. Like, he feels like he's being treated like crap, right? Even though he might necessarily not be. You know, it's something that it's... I would say it's hard for somebody like Lysol here, right? That the fact that whatever happened to his mom happened to his mom... Again, they say it, and then, you know, she's just like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. What the fuck is it? Can you please just tell me what exactly fucking happened to his mom? I would just really like to know. Ugh, it's so fucking frustrating. So, we we don't 
get to learn any more about that and what's going on. But, you know, we do get a lot more into how much she is worried that the baby is not going to be, you know, blood quantum. That she, it's going to be more white than anything and that it could turn around and fucking kill her. And it's funny how everybody says that her vagina is Pandora's box because she's the only one pregnant with somebody that she is going to have a baby with somebody that is immune. So either she's going to unleash hell or she's going to unleash light. Like, who knows what's going to go on? And I really like (laughs) the whole description of her, like the way that she sees it um, is relatively good. I mean, the way the movie is going to be. But the thing that I'm totally 100% sure while I was watching this movie, she is going to die. Like, that was my thought. Like, even in the beginning, I'm like, they're only introducing this this type of thing so that, one, you know, the whole thing that the Native Americans are immune, so you're going to have to wonder the whole time whether the baby is going to be okay or not. But honestly, they could have totally gotten rid of this baby subplot, other than the fact that, like, it's about being family. Like, this is fucking Olive Garden, you know, he wants everybody to be family, but they're going to break the bonds because somebody's going to be bad, and it's going to be more like, you know, a Fast and the Furious movie that somebody in the family is betraying the other people, right? It Instead, like, the thing is that I also had in my mind and in my notes is that she has to die. Like, if we're going to play this in the way that it seems that's going to go... Two things, one of two things is going to happen. She's either going to turn before the baby is born and they're going to have to kill her. Or she's going to give birth and then she's going to die and then they're going to have to kill her. So in one way, shape, or form, we're going to see her die. Who is going to kill her? I don't know. Now, we already saw one person and they mentioned it as earlier. Like, you know what happened to the other person's baby? Yeah, but they're cokeheads. Like, no. The baby was more white than anything else, and that's why the baby came out dead. Like, it was born, stillborn, and then it turned her, and she ended up eating the baby and turning everybody else. So, it's like, you know, you know you're healthy, baby's healthy, everything's going to be fine. And, of course, she has her worries about everything, which further cements the whole thing that she has to die. So, from here we go back outside, and we see that... Uh, trailer, the grandfather, and the other fat guy, not the first fat guy, but the guy with the chainsaw, we'll call him Chainsaw Fat Guy. Chainsaw Fat Guy, they're all going to go into town because they need to get more supplies. And they're talking about it earlier, you heard them that there's going to be, or there's a gas station that they need to get to, so that that hasn't been tapped yet because they're running out of gas. So they're all going to go out there, they're all going to raid for some supplies, and meanwhile, you know, we see Lysol, he's coming back, he's bringing them some more ammunition for what they're going to do, and there's a little bit of a, you know, discussion between them and what's kind of going on out there. Little 302s I could wrestle up. James got more, but I can't find a drunk ass. I don't plan on using him. You should have ran that fool off the reserve when he was alive. I thought Rob Muppet was from here. Everyone thinks that. But that family's not from Red Grove. Ah, speaking of which, what about this place? Some of these fuckers ain't local. Never seen a brown person since their grandparents owned one. They outnumber us, too. How long before it comes to pass they get tired of being herded by a bunch of Indians? We got all their guns. And they're all too civilized to shit any place that doesn't have a door. What the fuck are they going to do? 
What the fuck are they gonna do? One of them can come in here and infect this entire camp. It takes one trailer. And Joseph Pet Townie keeps dragging them in here. Hey, fuck you. Every one of these motherfuckers is a time bomb! That's where we have a wall. Anyone flips in here, this place is a fucking shooting gallery. Fucking Peaky and Maynard up there? They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. About what, 100 people here? That's three plus G's for every swinging dick we have. We don't have enough bullets, man. You don't have to reload a sword. Fuck this shit. So you say the res is clean? So be it. This is on you. When these bingo bunnies go south and cheese. Get word round, Jay. The res is clean. We got celebrating to do. You party in my place. Taking this gas from my fucking car. Hey! Let him go. Why? Because he's not wrong. Follow him. You see, that's what I've been saying. Lysol isn't wrong, he's just an asshole about it. Even in the situation that's going on here, like he he's becoming more and more paranoid and he also looks like he's becoming more and more of a drunk because there's nobody to hold him back anymore. There is no law, right? They're all holed up, they're all just trying to survive and he's going on like the right way about it. Like we can't just keep taking these people in. I understand that they're people. You know, but I don't know if he necessarily understands that they're people. That's maybe the distinction that's kind of going on here is that he's just like, they're another mouth to feed. They hated us anyway. Like, do you think that they're going to come here? They're not even from around here. They're from all different places. Like, it's one thing to be from the area and seeking our help, but it's another thing not even being from where we're at, and yet you're still like, oh, okay, another fucking mouth to feed, and we don't have it. And then that's where he's just like, you know what? We're just going to go fucking party because everything's okay, but everything might not be okay. And we know as an audience, everything is not going to be okay because that one bitch is a fucking liar and she's fucking bit. And Joss is a fucking idiot for not checking her for fucking bites by giving her a fucking physical and looking over her fucking body. Like, you got to prove to us. You want to be here in this place? Prove to us that you haven't been bitten. You know, unless, of course, somebody, like, went down on her or fucking bit her in her vagina somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he likes to eat ass and he took it too literal and bit her in the fucking ass. You don't know what zombies want. Zombie love. Telling you. Just need to go hug a zombie. Everything will be okay. So, they went, you know, they decided to go out. And I love that the grandfather says, let them have their party. We party in our own way. And he gets his fucking samurai sword. And it's like... (laughs) I'm, it's like that episode, I know Dave is going to give me shit for this, because I always seem to reference the fucking Simpsons, but it's like the fucking Poochie episode, where, you know, they see the firework factory in the fucking distance, and all you want to do, all Milhouse wanted to do, was see the goddamn fireworks factory, but then Poochie fucking showed up, and they never fucking got there, and the episode was over, so... He has a fucking samurai sword, and he looks like he's going to be fucking badass with that shit. So, I hope to God that we get to see him use that fucking samurai sword and be a fucking badass with it. Because that would make me fucking happy. And I love that this is never going to run out of bullets. Shushink. So, uh, it's not a schnicket, okay? That's only a Wolverine thing. But, 
nonetheless, so they go off to party. He tells, you know, you need to make sure that you father your brother, and which he does. And they go off to, you know, go hunt down some more supplies out there. Maybe hit up that gas station that has the, you know, reserve supply of gas that they all need. So we go over to the party now. Everything is raging. And we get probably one of the most real fucking conversations from Lysol while he's getting fucking drunk and high off his fucking ass. I'm glad you came, man. I wanted to tell you I shouldn't have put that gun on your lady this morning. Say, you're punching me in the face. This means you're gonna be a good father. It's the weed talking. It is, but it isn't. I felt shitty about it, man. I think it's just more about dad and our bullshit. So we're gonna change. It can change. You don't have to be a trash dad, Joey. Shit is optional. Why do you choose to be a fucking asshole? (laughs) Give me my fucking joint back. Did it ever fucking dawn on you that I'm not someone to look up to? If you have to get arrested to spend time with somebody, it's just fucking worthless. I'm not an asshole to impress you, Joseph. I'm just an asshole. Sad. You find out family ain't shit. I don't think you're shit. Give it time. So, the line that I like a lot in this little scene is where he basically says, you know, I'm not an asshole to, you know, to impress you. I'm just a fucking asshole. Like, it's the most real line in this entire film, other than when Trailer said, you know, he doesn't deserve this. Deserve what? He doesn't deserve, like, us to even know us. Like, that type of thing. Uh, th- I don't know why I don't remember that line exactly, but that's another one of my favorite lines in the movie. But... It's just absolutely crazy. Like, he's basically saying to him, like, I'm not worth anything, and you should look up to me, and you don't have to make the mistakes that our dad made where he wasn't there, you know? And it's more about, like, he's talking more about him, because I believe that Joseph is more, you know, has trailer in his life more than not, because he's the better kid, you know? And then he also has his mom in his life, which you know, we know that Lysol is totally jealous of the fact that he has that available to him right there and then. So it's it's a really good scene that we've got on because it's all the truth of what Lysol is and what Lysol is going to do. We also get a follow-up scene. Now, I didn't want to do the dialogue for this because I just felt like there was more than enough stuff I've already put in here and some really fucking long clips that we've already listened to, and it would have made this even longer. But basically, he tells this story of this girl, and he points to one of the girls in the back, and that she finds out that her boyfriend was getting a lap dance for you know from some random guy, and she got really fucking drunk, and then he used that to his advantage. And again, showing how much of an asshole he is, you know, to go ahead and get with her because she was so upset that he was basically with a stripper and, you know, might as well get back at him by fucking, you know, fucking around with a native guy. And so 
he finds out that, you know, she gets a call from the police station. He's like, you know, he's going down on her. And he was like, she was really wet. That was like, oof. That just makes me uncomfortable even <laughs> talking about it a little bit. Just the way that he describes it in, in the movie. And then, you know, so the guy gets arrested. And because he's an asshole, he's like, I'm going to go down there. And I'm going to go check it out. And when he opens the door of the, the police station, like, he's like, I get arrested. And they're like, what? What did he arrest you for? He's like, fighting. But he's the thing that's like, I wasn't fighting. I wasn't doing anything. So, and you're like, and it's like, what? And when you see him walk in, he, you see him from behind, you see the four cops, and then they come over him. And that's where they turn around after he said, I was arrested for fighting. And you look at his face, and his face is covered in blood. And that's because it's period fucking blood all over his face. So he got arrested for fighting because he had gone down on the girl while she had her period and was bloody all over the place. So, yeah that's the scene that you get to watch as well, uh, where there are two things I didn't think I was ever going to see in this movie. Uh, that was the shit scene and now the period scene. Um, it's fucking terrible. It's, it's funny. I'm going to be honest. Both of them are actually relatively funny, but it's scenes that I didn't necessarily need to see. And, you know, it's, he's portraying it as, you know, well, look, we don't get a fair shake because they automatically thought I was fighting because I was Indian because I was, you know, this is the place I am. But he just went through. He's an asshole. He's constantly into trouble because he's a fucking asshole. Not because he's somebody indigenous, but because he's a fucking asshole. I mean, it probably doesn't hurt as well, you know, but them's the shakes. And that's what's going on. So he tells that story and then he goes off and he tries to get a girl to go back with him. We cut over from this to see what's going on with the three old guys. Trailer, Chainsaw Fat Guy, and the grandfather. And they're in going into the place and they're preparing the whole thing. I think that Sugar's with them too. The guy that had the girl that turned on him. And now he's all of a sudden like a clean badass six months later. And he's been helping out the sheriff's office and everybody there at the little encampment that they got. So they're all getting set up and basically getting ready to go. And, uh, and they know that there's going to be a bunch of zombies in there, so they set themselves up to first get the one that's going to be rushing them. They set up a little, like, tripwire trap, trips him, they blow his head off, uh, and then they go inside. And there's a bunch of bodies on the ground, and I was a little upset because Trailer is not double-tapping anybody. But at the same time, you know, it's because the the whole thing, you know, they could be you know, invaded with a bunch of zombies by one fucking gunshot, even though he shot the zombie on the outside and that should have called everybody to him. So there's a lot, this scene's really, really like creepy and is one or more of the like tension filled scenes because they're trying to go through, get supplies and try not to get, you know, caught with all the Zeds, you know, especially since they haven't turned to Zed sickles just yet. So there is one scene where he's walking around and I'm like, why don't you try to turn on the lights? But I guess the generator is not working at the place. So he does get, like, there's a scare, a jump scare that where the zombie falls down and starts attacking him. And then he kills the zombie by shooting it in the face. And then what you see when you get an outside view is that uh, Chainsaw Fat Guy actually cut him in half with the chainsaw. And half of him was hanging out by his intestines. And he's down the side of the, the building. And that's where you see him with the face. And he's like, you should have warned me. He's like, whoop, okay, here's your warning. And then he cuts him down and he drops him and he's, you know dead on the ground there's also a really cool scene with a uh, one of the zombies kind of crawling around as well 
they do manage to find the generator. In fact, Chainsaw Guy does start it up. And then we see that Grandpa is back there and he's killed a whole room of fucking zombies. And god damn it. That means we're not going to see him actually do anything cool. He does kind of do something cool, but we don't actually see what it is. We just see him clean off his blade, and then he does lift up the head of one of the zombies. He's like, yep, I'm pretty much done over here, and then throws it off into the corner. We cut back, and we see that the party is still kind of going on, and that, you know, of course, what's his name? The first fat guy has now come and brought a bunch of fucking drugs for fucking uh, Lysol, who cuts them all up and throws them into, like, a beer. And I don't get why you would put a bunch of, like, Xanax inside of a beer, but I guess that's what works for him. That's what works for him. He runs off, tries to go get a blowy or more from somebody else, and that's where we hear fat guy number one start talking about, you know, what has gone on. Now, there are these scenes in this movie, especially in the beginning, that I really like that are animated. Like, in the beginning, it's like a lady that's there, which is, I guess, to symbolize Mother Earth giving birth to, you know, the humans. And then, it, or, or the people of the land, I guess you could say. It's, it's a bunch of mixture of lore. And then this scene ends with one as well. But this is where we get a kind of a, a like, the thoughts of why these guys are immune and then what exactly is happening with the outbreak? The Earth is an animal. Living and breathing. Ah, Alessio. Buonesta sotio. That's why the dead keep coming back to life. Not because of God. Because this planet we're on is so sick of our shit. This old, tired, angry animal turned these stupid fucking white men into something she can use again. Fertilizer. What the fuck? This is where something very unexpected and another reason why I have to keep this list going. I don't fucking get it. Why? 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 Even in basic fucking movies. It seems like every fucking movie I watch lately, something is happening to something's like fucking dick. You know, all the fucking time. That's like where the place we're going to go, what we're going to do when we want to show something that's really disturbing and in pain. And this... This is possibly the new number one on that fucking list. And oh my god, it's a little bit too much for me. It's a little bit too graphic. I mean, I can take a lot of things when it comes to these types of movies. And the baby thing didn't bother me so much. But I think it's the way that it was done. And the fact that they decided to use something so, like, realistic. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. At least in the context of what's going on. So... Everybody's screaming, as you can hear. Everybody's running. You hear Lysol down there. He's crying. She's eating it. And I'm like, what? What the fuck is she eating? Well, she's eating his fucking dick. Like, she ripped his fucking dick off. Like, he went to go get a blowjob from the girl that got 
fucking bitten and lied about being fucking bitten, she he went to go get a blowjob from her because of reasons, I guess, because that's what happens in this movie, is that everything is about blowjobs, as you can see. Everything convincing people that they got the fucking cure in their fucking semen or some shit. And so... She goes and gives him a fucking blowjob, but turns and rips his fucking dick off and is sitting there in the room and eating it, just eating his fucking dick. So when you listen to that, that's her just going to fucking town on this thing. And it is just, and you can see it in her hands too. And he's just crying and how he even manages to fucking survive after this. I guess he's so fucking like coked up on whatever he put into the fucking fear the fucking xanax or whatever it is like even the fact that fat guy number one is saying that the white people are basically fertilizer for the planet and the fact that mother earth has just forgotten about them and doesn't really care about them anymore and is really affecting the people that have basically caused all the problems like that even goes out the window like with me thinking about what's going on in this film with the fact that you do not rip off and eat a guy's dick you just don't do it even if even if you're a zombie. You gotta think about these things. Come on. I mean, it's just... You don't see people doing this to other appendages. Like, rip off his arm. Rip off his finger. Rip off his hands. Take an eyeball out. You know, get rid of the hair. Scalp the guy as a zombie. You can do all that shit. But then just... You know, don't go off and start ripping off people's dicks and eating them. I, I just don't get it. You know, I thought you just wanted zombie love. Instead, you wanted just a fucking dick to eat. That's it. So, Lysol now is just completely fucked up. And from here, we get the another one of those little animated scenes, but it's like a transformation scene. And actually, I kind of mixed up a little bit. We actually go from here now, we go over and we see what's going on with everybody there. And this kind of happens towards the end after the period scene. So, okay, I'm a little out of order, but you get the gist of what's going on. But you get, again, like I said, one of these cool animated scenes, and it's the transformation of Lysol, right? He's there, and you see the earth, and then all of a sudden it like goes to flames, and then you see him there, and he's dressed with the mask and the sword that he had from, uh, well, at least the staff type thing, that he had when you first saw the world when it had turned, right? They're really short. I wish they'd use these a little bit more in like transition areas and showing things, but they don't. Like even at the end of the film, I wish they had used another one because they started it with one. Then they use this one in the middle where it's kind of like him turning bad. And then we never see one again. Like I wish we had just gotten one more just to do something at the end of the film. So now we see that Joseph, he's trying to look in on Lysol and trying to figure out whether or not, you know, he's going to be okay because he literally had his dick fucking ripped off and he's fucking probably bleeding to death. But for some reason, he's still able to be okay. But that's where we find out exactly, you know, how much of a dick he is because they did manage to capture the girl and they stuck him in the back of a in the back of a car. But he has other ideas for her. What the fuck's going on here, Matt? Oh, Why don't we kill that G? No, you gotta get someone to sound the alarm. You gotta get as many people as you can. You get them in that hole. Why do we bring that here? It's obvious now. It's us for them. You fucking lost it, man. There is no us or them. There's only us. No. Okay. Look, just come downstairs. We can fix. We can fix you up. The entire world's fucking dead, man. You still have a family, though. Okay. Let's get all stopped. 
Stop. Stop. I'm sorry. So you're telling me that it takes Lysol losing his dick to finally decide to put a plan in motion to kill fucking Whitey. Like, it's, he's literally, like, now because he's been attacked and it was true what he originally thought was going to happen actually fucking happened. And I totally give him that, like, 100%. Yes, this is because you let this person in here she fucking lied to everybody about being bit but you have to blame your own fucking people too because they didn't check them right enough like josh did not do a good enough job in checking her and making sure that she wasn't fucking lying you went and you checked the other girl for fucking bites and the other two people they're just standing there you don't go Oh, hey, we need to make sure that you don't have any bites. Please lift up your shirts, check your legs, do all this stuff. No, you don't do anything. You only look at the one girl because she's wrapped up in a fucking blanket. And that's the reason why you guys killed her. You did the right fucking thing. That person might have killed everybody. And then the guy killed himself. You made sure to kill him or kill the zombie him right a fucking way. But this bitch, you don't even bother to check to see if she has anything wrong with her. You just let her be there. And then, of course, now she's there. So he's now feels like he's in the right. Right? He's like there. Like, look, I told you. I told you that this was going to happen. And Joseph's really trying, like, look, we can't do this. We've got her. She, We could kill her and everything's going to be fine. And he's like, no. No. That's not what's going to go down. So he stabs his fucking brother. And then he drags him throws him in there everybody is so fucking like they can withstand anything in this fucking movie like indians are fucking amazing man like i wish i had these powers that i could be stabbed in the stomach where that's a killing fucking stab and then i could survive for a little longer i don't know if i necessarily want the my dick got torn off and eaten but yet i'm still gonna cause a fucking mess and be a fucking like terror guy i don't know if i want that power but it would be nice to know that I had that fucking power at the same time. So, he throws him to the wolves. Uh, you know, Joseph manages to get back to the party. And he explains how much of a dickless asshole Lysol really is. <laughs> Telling her a story. She was scared. He used to tell it to Joseph, that story. It's about his grandfather. I'm scared, Joss. We're all here. This place is safe. Did you hear that? Joseph! Joseph, what happened? Lysol. Everyone stay calm. There's the other exit. Wait! 
They didn't listen. They didn't listen. There is another exit, but why can't you just fucking wait? Because you're worried about your fucking life. I get it. But that's why you're fucking dead. So now they're fucking stuck there. They're basically got zombies on both sides. They're able to barricade themselves in. And then we see that, you know, trailer, grandpa, and chainsaw fat guy, they all show back up. And they're all basically now trying to figure out ways to get in. And then also Sugar as well. He's there. So they ask... Who's the medius? Of course, it happens to be Chainsaw Fat Guy. And he's basically going to go into the cop car. He's going to, you know, and then draw everybody away. Because if he gets bitten, you know, he has, I guess, a better chance of surviving if they actually break in. And he can get away fast enough, I guess, take a couple bites and throw them away. If you, you know, otherwise, I guess you're going to get swarmed. And so the rest of them go in on their mission. One of them takes a truck, drives it around basically trying to make sure that they get everybody and then trailer and the grandfather go inside to rescue everybody else they get inside the room where joseph charlie and uh joss are and they you know kill a couple zombies and they manage to start getting them out but they're starting to slam on the door they're on the outside of one of the ways out which is the alternate exit and they're all you know they're basically trapped in that stairway so the zombies are pounding on the door. The zombies are pounding on the door outside. And then, of course, trailer, this is going to be it. It sucks. It's probably the death that really kind of hit me the most because I feel like he had a good character arc in this movie. But he does what he does as a father and saves his family. Fucking rescue. This door's not going to hold. You're going to have to make a run for it. You have no choice. And if I don't make it out of here... On the count of three. One. So he's reaching out his hand. Joss has it. She's holding on, trying to pull, but the door has fallen on top of him. Like he says, on three. And then he's like, one. And the zombies just fucking break in and then start beating his ass down and basically eating him and killing him. And he dies in a just giant gush of blood all over the place. Uh, it's, it's sad because, you know, he finally started to do something for everybody. He was always like a champion of the community being the only cop that was out there that was out there for them, even though he kind of acted like an asshole to a lot of people, but he did devise a way and he never turned anybody away, even though, you know, he knew that it meant that it was taking the rest away from their people. So maybe because he wasn't focused on everybody, you know, people might not have liked him as much, but now all of a sudden the zombies are all running over everything and fat man chainsaw guy pulls up with the car and he's able to get everybody and they're able to drive off and as they're driving away it cuts over to dispatch and this is actually where we get to see her for the first time and sadly it's the last time because the dickless wonder is there and he's there to make sure that they fall into a trap so that he can finally kill off charlie like he always wanted to no you're gonna say it exactly like I told you. No cute stuff. Trailer. They're killing people in the church. 
normal, real people. James and Luna are just killing him. And I'm fucking locked up here. I'm coming to get you. What? Thank you. See you around. Good luck. I like how he says good luck and then he just lets the zombie go because they know exactly what's going to fucking happen. You're like, there's no way that she's going to get away. They're just going to fucking kill her. That's all that's going to happen. So... You're just a fucking dickless asshole now. It's really ridiculous. But I do like <laughs> I do like the way he's portrayed. It's great. Like I smile when he's on scene, but I hate what he's doing to the poor lady and to the other people of the film. So he goes and, you know, he kills the poor dispatch lady by unleashing the zombie, and we go back over to the church and we see that fat guy number one and the girl from earlier, they're tying everybody up, and now they're pouring gas over everybody. You know, we also saw that Grandpa's very upset because he knows what's kind of going on. And I think he has a feeling of what's going to happen. And I think the trap that they were originally trying to set was the fact to make sure that trailer doesn't go back to everything and just go straight to the church, right? And that way that everybody there at the camp can die, that he wants to make sure that he can't save anybody. And then now they're trapped in this. But he doesn't know that they've already arrived at the, the camp and have actually saved who they were able to save. So, you know, we go into the church, we see that there's a group of people, they're all tied up, they're getting gas thrown on them, and then there is the speech of what exactly is going to happen to them from the fat guy with uh, a very good ending for that character. We got a chance to get rid of all these fucking dependents once and for all. Meet back up here at the church. It makes an outbreak. Yeah, these fuckers come to the buffet. And we torch the fuck out of them mid-meal. And that fucking all of you. After all this, that's all you fuckers. We even got that bitch up in the belfry. <laughs> you have to hand it to Lysol. <laughs> Fucking, you know, crazier than a shithouse rat. But all in all, he has pretty good. Get doors, boy. You're gonna tell me where that fucking coward is. So, he gets the fucking samurai sword to the face. Okay, so we haven't seen him be a complete badass with the samurai sword, but this is close enough. Like, right now, that's great. I, he sneaks up on him and then just slices him right into the, like, halfway through his skull. 
and it looks fucking great. And this is probably one of the few CGI kills that I can see. But when they finally get back to focusing, you can see that there's at least a practical after it uh, as he falls down, you know, and they pull out the sword. Maybe it was all CG, but this is one of the very few ones where it doesn't feel practical. If it is practical, that's fucking great. If it's not, it's still not that bad, and I really enjoyed the kill. And so they, they do corner Luna, they do save the other people that were there, and they find out that, you know... Dickless asshole is now out there and he's chased down Joss and Charlie and he's now basically, you know, bring him down saying now there's only one and he wants to fucking get rid of her and them and I guess, see, I don't know what it is exactly what he wants to do. He just wants to kill, like, I'm assuming he wants to only kill all the white people or is he so mad about the whole thing he just wants to fucking kill everybody because everybody has rejected him. I'm leaning more on that line especially and all it did was take like his dick to get bitten off for him to become the ultimate asshole and I just want to kill everybody. If he only wanted to kill the the white people he shouldn't be like just sending the zombies around like he should just go off. Well I mean he could. Maybe he's trying to trap everybody, kill them all in that situation. And then the only people that need to be alive are the people that are immune. It could be something like that. Or it could be all the people that rejected him. He just wanted to make sure that they were all dead. So I, I lean a little more towards that because of the speech that he does give in this scene. Then there was one. Stop! Keep fucking around. Put a bullet right in their fucking head. Alan, we can still undo this. No, this goes back so much further than that. Fucking Celestalot! Come on! You know, Joss? I wasn't the one who brought these people here. I didn't have a chick bringing plagued up OPs into the flock. Fuck you! Alan, I know how you feel. There was a time when I wanted to burn that compound down myself, but these are real people. Don't you open that fucking trunk! What are you gonna do to me? I was going to shoot you. That's what I was going to do to you. When did he become a fucking New Yorker? What are you going to do to me, eh? How are you going to handle this? What's going on? Like, it's so ridiculous, but she does shoot him. You know, and he falls down, but he manages to bring out the fucking zombie. And, of course, coming to save the day. And it sucks, because before this goes down, Chainsaw Guy gets the fucking spear thing through his fucking chest. And it comes out the front, yet he's still able to fucking survive after everything is said and done when Joseph and the grandfather come and actually save the day. And, you know, save, well, after, of course, Charlie's gotten bitten. Here we go. We know where it's going with this one now. And, you know, they managed to save everybody, kill that zombie, get it off of her. 
and, you know, they captured Lysol, but they drag him to the boats and he seems to be walking perfectly fine when he's had a fucking giant spear through the fucking chest. Like, it looks like it went through his heart. He was even able to grab fucking Lysol by the leg to try to stop him. Like, I want these superpowers. I had no idea that these powers fucking existed. Like, how do I get this? That I can be this strong and powerful. I mean, adrenaline can do so many fucking things, but I want the ability to survive all of this shit. You know, I don't want some of the shit to happen, but again, it'd be nice. Uh, so they basically take Lysol off and take him into the middle of a field. And that's where, you know, Joseph basically is given a knife to kill his brother. And then there's something weird with what he says here. And, um, it's weird that he's like, I want, I'll talk about it in a second because I have my thoughts on what might actually be going on. When you have some time to sit and think, thank me. Says you're free. Nah. Question. Joseph, twin brothers. You really think that that sick chick made it in the Muppet House by accident? I think I got the idea. So, from what he's saying here, basically, you know, they're saying that here, you're going to be the one to kill him. You know, I've set you free. You're going to realize that, you know, the fact that you don't, you're not going to stay here. You're going to go, and I'm going to. You're now free to do what you want. It's it's a very delusional thing to think just because they were holed up back there that they weren't free, like free from the people that they were taking care of. Like you get to be on your own now. You guys get to be your own people. You don't have to worry about Whitey. I've killed them all. Here it is. Like that's kind of where it's it's going with these things. But at the same time, it's like. He comes to the end, he's like, between brothers, do you think that, you know, it was an accident that she was there? Or that, you know, I had this idea from the whole time, and then he fucking kills him. I think this is just a matter of him being an asshole, and getting his brother to do the right thing, which is to kill him. Like, he's just like, this is it, I know this is where I'm gonna go, and so I'm not gonna give you any reason to, like, not kill me. I'm gonna say I did this on purpose. That's kind of where I'm getting with it. But it could be that, you know, he's really set this up. He knew she was sick. Like, if that's the case, you're, you know that she's going to go in there and bite your dick off. That's what you want to happen. You want to become a dickless asshole. You don't want to just be a regular fucking asshole. You don't need it anymore. I mean, is this also a representation of the fact that he doesn't have any kids? He doesn't plan to, and his brother does. His brother is the good guy. He's going to be the father. He's going to grow up with these things. So... He gets to retain his manhood. Is that also what we're saying with this thing? Like, is that symbolism that we've got going in there? I don't know. Maybe that's thinking too much into it. But why? Why would you do that to yourself? You know that she's sick. So you're going to go try to get a blowjob from her before you fucking, like, unleash her on everybody? Or the fact that you went to unleash her on everybody and then you accidentally, your dick flipped into her mouth and she bit it off. Like, I don't get it. 
it's it's literally that's why I think it's literally him just trying to rile up his brother one last time so his brother does the right thing the quote unquote right thing in actually ending his life and for all this the shit that he's done because he wasn't thinking with his head to be honest a lot of these thoughts were there but he spent so much time fucking drunk and high that that's the thought pattern that he had with this whole situation so now they basically drag him out into the middle and the grandfather takes his gun and shoots it up in the sky. And then they run away as the zombies all come in and just tear him apart. You just tear all his insides out and you just see him completely overwhelmed. He tries to fight him back with the knife, but he's not able to because he's damaged enough now that he can't move anymore. And like they said, he's not immune to the bites, but, you know, or the, the, the sickness, but not to all the violence that's being done to him. So Joseph and the grandfather, they run to the boats where the boats are at. And, you know, we we see them all kind of getting on the, the boats. But the grandfather, he tells them, look, I'm not leaving my land. Um, this is where I'm going to stay. And the zombies come as Joseph and them board the boats. And then we finally get to see the grandfather actually be kind of badass and kill some of the zombies with the sword. And then we do get, okay, we do get one more little animated piece. I think I'm a little bit mistaken when I was thinking about this. Is after they've left and they see him get overwhelmed with the zombies, it turns animated for a second. And we see that he's killed all the zombies that have overwhelmed him. And he raises up this sword as they go away. I wish there was another little piece. But basically, the grandfather's fucking badass. And again, still hasn't died from everything that's going on. Now we're in the middle of the lake or the ocean, wherever this thing is taking place. I think it's going to be a lake or a river um, that they've got going on there. And we see that in this boat, it is only Joss, Joseph, and Charlie. So I have no idea where anybody else is. They have to be on a separate boat. And they just happen to be here in the middle of the water. And this is where we get probably the other sad scene in the movie. Because Charlie is just about to give birth. And we're going to find out whether or not the, the, you know, the child that they're going to have is going to be able to be infected. Or is it going to be a healthy kid? Almost there. <laughs> you don't know what it hurts. I do, I do. Come on, just push. <laughs> just push. Just push. All right, yeah. You're going to have to push, otherwise I'm going to have to cut you, okay? <laughs> You're doing so good. Come on. Push, push. Doing really great. Come on, <laughs> Almost there. I'm sick. I can feel it. She can't get sick. It's okay. Thank you. 
her back. So you can hold her. No, I don't want to hurt her. Take her back. She's going to be okay. Maybe you'll be too. No, I won't. Joseph, we have to end this. Don't let me turn into one of those dead people. Look at her. Hey. We did it. Love her. I love her. So there you have it. I was, you know. I, it's not that hard to figure out where it was going. I'm going to say I know it was right, but it's really not that hard to figure out how this thing was going to end, at least with the, the relationship between them and, I guess, the B story, or if you want to call it the C story, whichever story you want to call it, uh, you knew that she was going to have to die. And, it, like I said, it was going to be one of two ways. Either she was going to turn and he was going to have to kill her, and then he would never know his son or daughter, but the fact is, is that they did a lot of emphasis on the fact that he is going to be a father. You're going to be a good father. You're going to be a better father than your father who wasn't there. You want to be a good father? Don't do this. Don't do that. And ultimately, you know, he almost wasn't because he was hanging around with Lysol and Lysol went fucking crazy. So when it comes to the way the film went, you know... Of course she had to die, and he's the one that has to put the bullet in her brain. So, before she's able to turn and she actually dies, he blows her brains out, and they have the kid. Now, the one thing I have to say with the kid, like, when you see the kid real fast, it's fine, because they used a real baby. But when Joseph is holding it, it does not like, like, it doesn't look at all like he's holding a little kid or anything, and it's kind of funny. Even though I know the scene is really, really fucking sad. And honestly, it is a very somber note to end the film on. The fact that, you know, nothing has turned out right. Nothing has turned out good for anybody, right? It's because of years of what they've had to go through have made some of the people that live there so wary of what the, the townies are going to do to them. And the fact that they already thought Lysol's biggest thing was, no, they're going to come and they're just going to infect us. Instead of it just being about humans and it just being about, like, look, this is a fucked up time and everything is crazy going on. And you see all the, the death and destruction and all these zombies and stuff. And yeah, they're the only people that can turn. That's where the weird twist is in this movie. But it's because of that and that, that oppression that they had that they couldn't stay like together as a people. And it sucks. And it's a shitty lesson that we have to learn from the end of this movie. You know, that even when you think the community is strong, there's going to be something that completely tears it apart. And if you're not able to bring yourselves together, even when everything else is shitty, everything is just going to be worse. You know, it, it it sucks. And the fact that, you know, they could have championed it that the mom sacrifices herself from being bitten and there's going to be just a white girlfriend and the Indian, you know, boyfriend. They're together and they're the new normal, right? And they're proof that both sides can survive together. And honestly, it's kind of what the baby is in a way, you know. But the baby has enough, you know, indigenous person in him to be able to or her, I should say, to be safe and be healthy 
And that's all the, the fucking mom ever wanted. And that's all the dad ever wanted. And it sucks that the way the film ends is them sitting on a boat and the mom holding the baby and kind of rocking the baby. You know, the water, the waves hitting the side of the boat. Joseph laying on Charlie's dead stomach. And then the, the theme happens. This is Blood Quantum. Um, it is a fantastic piece of cinema. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. The ending is really hard to take because it's just so defeatist in a way. Like, it doesn't feel happy. Like, you want them all to survive. The fact that they went through all this shit and everything was going fine. It still sucked. I'm not going to say that it was great, but at least people were surviving. And then you had a bunch of people that just, because they were so beat down in other ways, it just got to their head and then they fucked everything up. And this is the ending that you get. But the, the, the... The big happy part of the ending is the fact that the child is born and the child is born immune. But then where do you go from here? What happens? What happens with everything else that's around there? Do, do the other people know? Are there other indigenous tribes that are out there? Is it only this indigenous tribe? Is this only happening in this area of the world? We don't really know. The assumption is it's happening everywhere. But these guys were just trying to survive and survive they were. So it's... It just sucks that it's got to end so somberly. And maybe it's not everybody's favorite ending in the world, but I do think that it kind of fits. It's weird to say that it fits because everything that was going on in the movie and, you know, based upon where the characters were and how they started off everything and how they were treated, you know, it, it all, it's all apropos. And, and yeah, it kind of sucks, but it makes for a great piece of cinema. And I really love that song that they use for the end thing. I love that it has no other music to it. And there really isn't, I put a theme on the beginning, but there really isn't a theme to the movie. It just kind of goes and starts. Um, 
but that is the best way I think to end a film like this. It it's still the, the lyrics mean a lot more when you listen to it, you know, in in terms of like mother and son or you could even say mother earth and the rest of us. And it's really kind of, you know, in a way, you know, with everything that's going on, it's almost like a fucking punch to the face for <laughs> what's happening right now and what's happening with people. And it sucks. Um, but I don't want to go too much into that type of stuff. But in general, I, I definitely think that this is a movie that if you haven't seen it and you haven't got a chance and you took the time to listen through the podcast and make you know, hear me make jokes and shit like that, you really need to see it. You know, you can enjoy it, I feel, so much more after you have. And I think it's a very, you know, I hate to use this, I hate this phrase, but I feel like it's a, it is an important film to watch. You know, I think that it's just, there are so many great things that I can't just explain myself, like in a podcast form, that I think that everybody just kind of needs to see, you know, in a way. So, um, to say that I enjoyed this film is an understatement. So it, I'm going to have to rate the film like I always do, and I always kind of say that. But uh, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5 for gore because it is fucking bloody as hell. Like I said, this is an art film that is like, it's made to be like an art film, but it truly is like a gory masterpiece, like directly it's not like a i use the example of a24 because you don't know what you're getting with a24 you're either getting a really great horror film or you're getting something that's super like artsy fartsy and it's just a little bit too much whereas you know a bloomhouse film you're not going to get something that's artsy fartsy but maybe like you know more mainstream and, and a little bit gorier than what we're used to in certain situations when you go to the theaters so this is a little bit of above a Bloomhouse film. In, it's a Bloomhouse film in nature, but an A24 type of presentation. So where it's beautifully shot. Like I said, the cinematography of this film is absolutely fantastic. I love the use of color in this movie. I love the action sequences. I love that it doesn't necessarily need to be shaky all the time, but only when it fucking needs it. The sweeping landscape shots, the animated little segments in there. There's just a couple of things that I feel like are fill filler that could be removed from it, but it is uh it's definitely a gory masterpiece. If you love if you're a bloodhound, you're gonna get a lot out of this film at a five out of five. Crap factor, I'd give it a two out of five. I feel like some of the acting's a little rigid. I feel like some of the situations, like I said, are a little bit of filler, and there are a couple of things that I just didn't need to see in the film, two major scenes that I didn't need to see, um, but, you know, I feel like it's because there are people that don't act on a regular basis, and that's where it really kind of hurts for me. Um, even giving it a two out of five might be a little high, but I'm going to stick to my guns when it comes to this one. Lastly, the fun, it's a four out of five. Because I had so much fun watching this from when it first started really taking off. And it takes off relatively fast uh, to when it ends. It's, you know, the last scene It's not necessarily fun. But the rest of the movie is a ton of fun. The action sequences are great. The zombies look great. The effects are great. You know, the makeup's really fantastic. Um, I just really enjoyed my time the entire time watching this film. So that's why I'm going to give this a four out of five eaten babies. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic film. Uh, I'm so glad that I got the chance to watch it. Um, 
I really appreciate the the recommendation to you know and ask. Hey, I want to know what you guys think about this. If you want another interpretation, go check out Alex on Beyond the Void podcast horror podcast uh, out there on on YouTube. Uh, you can but definitely find the YouTube channel from his Twitter link uh, and watch the video review that he did. Um, you know, it's it has a little bit you know difference of opinion uh, maybe in some areas, but. Pretty much, I think that we both, uh, you know, we both really love the film, and it just gives you another perspective on it. And again, if you haven't seen it yet, and you went through it this far without seeing it, if you have Shutter here in the U.S., please watch it. Please do. It's worth it. It's definitely worth your time. Um, and uh, if not, um, you know, to quote one of my favorite YouTubers that's out there, uh, watch it any way that you can. Please, please do yourself a favor. You you should watch this film. If you are a horror fan, man, you you need to watch this because it's just it's just that good. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, what are we watching next time? So, uh, I had an idea and I wanted to do another thing, but I found out that it's actually a series and not a movie. Um, so, my plans got scrapped on that one. Uh, <laughs> Be it to me to think that something is what it isn't because it looked like the trailer made it look like a, a movie and rather than a TV series. So I'm going to forego doing that one. But something just got released on Amazon Prime that, and hell, look, I'm doing two brand new movies almost back to back with recent release. But something on Amazon Prime here in the U.S., I don't know about other regions, but uh, it's a movie that I really wanted to see before this whole thing went down and it just got picked up. Uh, and, uh, you know what? If you haven't seen it yet, we should all watch it together. And it stars Elijah Wood, and it's called Come to Daddy. Yeah. It's me. Norm. I got your letter. I never thought I'd see you again. A long time. A long time, yeah. I realize I know nothing about you. Boy, your mom really doesn't talk about me, does she? Not really. (laughs) Mom. Hey. It's Dad. He's... He's not how I imagined him. Why did you ask me to come here? I don't want to discuss it. I need to know why you sent that letter. I gotta take a crap. I know what's happening. You got no idea what's happening here. Ever been in a fight? I once kicked the guy's ear off. I got this theory. Bad guys have eyes that look like razors. <laughs> you have to kill him? I'm not a murderer. You just killed somebody five minutes ago. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up being best friends. Come here. Come to daddy. 
So the the original time I or the first time I should say that I saw the trailer, the original time, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, I really wanted to see it, and it really wasn't playing anywhere near me. So what the hell? I decided that now that it's available out there and it's on Prime, this is the perfect time to watch that fucking film. So it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I really hope that it pans out pretty well. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be something fun to talk about, and it's great uh, to have these two movies kind of back-to-back where I want to focus on something that's new, that it's going to be my first experience with it, and uh, hopefully it's not as somber as what we just watched, at least the ending, right? I hope that it's I just hope that it's a lot of fun. I thought about Guns Akimbo as well, uh, but I need to find out where I can stream that because I'd like to watch it. Um, and there's another movie that I recently... I went on this like long thing of watching all these Hulu horror movies, and there's one on there that I did that I think I'd rather see somebody else talk about because it kind of fits their podcast. Um, but if he never decides to do it, then maybe um, I'll end up doing that as well. So... With that all being said, uh, don't forget to... There's a couple things that you can check out, okay? The first thing is to check out the Paranormal Pativity podcast. The last episode of the podcast, I was on his uh, show. In that one, we did a review of the movie Ghost Team, starring uh, Justin Long and Josh John Heater. Uh, and I kept fucking up names again in that one. And then if you haven't listened to it le- yet, the last episode of the podcast from Another World, uh, Dave and I, we talked about The Tingler, which was a lot of fun. So those are two podcasts that you can check out that are out there. Um, and then don't forget also to make sure that you uh, go and follow all the podcasts that are on the SIPnet, the SIP network, uh, the Slightly Irregular Podcasting Network. That's what it stands for. It's out on Twitter at Network SIP. Uh, then the podcasts that you, you know, that are all part of the network, Back in Time Podcast, Paranormal Pativity, the podcast from Another World, From the Waste, Dead Hand Radio, Five A from Fans, and then the Terrible Terror Podcast. And, um, if I'm in the Angry Dad Podcast, I almost forgot. How did I forget the Angry Dad fucking podcast? Man, you can't forget the fucking Angry Dad. So we're all out there. We're all part of the same network, sipnet.us, where you can find a bunch of information about all the other podcasts, except for me because I keep forgetting to send shit in. So I need to make sure that they have that and that everything is available, uh, up there. But, yeah, definitely, you know, check it all out. And then there's, like I said, there's my friends over there at Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Make sure that you go check out the YouTube channel and make sure that you listen to the podcast, uh, especially the last little series they did on The Omen. They did went through all the Omen films that were readily available, and uh, it was definitely a lot of fun to go through. So if you haven't listened to it yet, please go back and check um, that and check out the YouTube channel and make sure that uh, you follow all that stuff. Lastly, uh, before we continue to the rest of the little plugs, uh, the last episode, the Mortal Kombat Annihilation episode, I recorded it in a way so that I could put up a video. Video got blocked on YouTube. Uh, I'm still trying to work out some of the kinks in terms of what I can can and cannot show uh, or put out there, so... I think that I have a solution and I'm going to be trying to work on it over the weekend after this podcast has been recorded, but I think it's going to take me a lot of time. So you might not see that, <laughs> that premiere that never happened. It may happen again so that you can watch us talk about Mortal Kombat as well on the YouTube channel. Uh, the last thing too, before the last little plugs with SIPnet, there is one more podcast I totally forgot and that's the EP Like That podcast, which is the podcast that I do with Patrick, um, who is Paranormal Pativity. 
Uh, we do one every uh, every other week that this podcast is not out there, and we just kind of talk about a little and everything. And I really enjoyed the last conversation that we had where we did like the 30-day song challenge that's been going around, but we just kind of talked about it. And you kind of got into the mind of each of us and what makes us tick when it comes to music. And I thought it was really cool. And so we did invite a couple of uh, other members of the SIP network to submit to us their picks as well. So on that next episode, we're going to talk, you know, or listen to what they had to say. Kind of pick it apart as well. So with that all being said, don't forget to go out there. Follow the podcast on everything from Facebook, Terrible Terror Podcast, to Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast, to uh, Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast, all one word, and YouTube, Terrible Terror Podcast, which I'm going to start doing some more video reviews for that channel. So be out there and make sure you watch. And with that, take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.